are elite. For everything you need to know about Mercedes Monet's AEW debut, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. taken away in his pride and won where no other man has been. Now, he has returned. <laughs> Monday night, August 29th, Domino's Pizza delivers SummerSlam, a live World Wrestling Federation pay-per-view event. So hot, it's scary. I will not rest in To the Cultaholic Classic SummerSlam 1994 Watch Along. What? This isn't the Classic Raw Review. Well, it is, you dingus, because we are back in the halcyon days of the summer of 94. A bit like the one Brian Adams sang about, but not. And we are going to watch some classic nonsense from the WWF's new generation. And who be we? I be Fake Geordie, radio presenter without portfolio, former cultaholic heavyweight champion, uh, the proprietor of Isolation Station 24601, Tom Campbell. I am with the bear in the big blue bar cage, the head pen of cultaholic, the man who is socially distancing from pencils. Doesn't need one. He needs a pen because he gets it right every time. The other day he said he types on a keyboard in his bold Dash. Don't believe him. Here's Justin Henry, and he is off of America. Hey, how you doing, Tommy? You're doing great, mate. Have you dis? Have you have you injected disinfectant into your arm yet? Mm, no, I I prefer orals to injectables. <laughs> hey, that's what she said. And I'm hey, <laughs> look at this, Justin Henry. What a treaty pie for the ears. Because we're not on our own this week, are we, to watch this particular uh, wrestling pay per view? Uh, no, he, here to watch this rather up-and-down event with us is someone with an appreciation for things that go wrong, Mr. Bachamani himself, Matthew Gregg. Welcome, Matthew. Thank you very much for having me both. It's been a while since we've got together, the three of us, and I've missed the incredible, extravagant, overlong, dramatic, Undertaker WrestleMania-style entrances that Tom Campbell gives Justin. And after that, it's always... The the amazing, the spectacular, (laughs) the cock hungry, Justin Henry. And there's always a silence. Hang on. Hello. (laughs) What 
What was that adjective you used? Amazing. <laughs> okay, good. <enough. laughs> what I thought I heard. So yeah, when I grow up, I want to be a Tom Campbell introduction. <laughs> you, Tom. Uh, Matthew, uh, as you know uh, from Botchamania, if this is the first time you've heard his voice, that's what he sounds like. I know. Uh, Matthew joins me on a Tuesday for the Cultaholic Classic Smackdown review, and it's nice when us three, the the Classic Raw review and the Classic Smackdown review, get to hang out. I think the last time we did this, as Matthew said, was a while ago. It was over Christmas, and what a change there has been in the world since we were all last together. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I mean, a lot's going on. Like, I mean, first and foremost, what's on everybody's mind is that um, uh, Charlotte won the Women's Royal Rumble. Yes, that's right. And uh, otherwise, I can't think of anything else that's happened. No. Can you, Matthew? <laughs> Wait a minute. Christmas what year? <laughs> it, was, it feels like about a thousand years ago at this point, doesn't it? And it's only Friday. Yeah. TVs were four by three when we were last peaking. <laughs> <laughs> So we are together today to watch SummerSlam 1994. It is the next in the classic Raw review pantheon. And I am excited to share this time with my two friends and excited to share it with you. So how these work, if you've never uh, joined us for one of these before, we are all at the same time going to press play on SummerSlam 1994. You can watch it on the WWF Network, and we're just going to talk all over it, and you can watch along with us. Um, Justin, your memories of SummerSlam 94. Um, this is one of the last pay-per-views we ordered for a long time in our house, because we were just getting sick of WWF at that point, and I remember it being a pretty fun show, although I was... I really hated the Leslie Nielsen stuff, and I'm going to rip on it through the show. Because even though I was 10 years old and I was, I did have the mentality of, of a soon-to-be fifth grader, even I knew this was stupid. Uh, Matthew, can you remember watching this first time around? No, I watched a bunch of uh, Silver Vision videos when I was a Ben via my friends and trading and stuff like that. But I have no fond memories of this show. I have... Uh, honestly, when it's like, hey, SummerSlam 94, what do you think? I'm like, um, uh, the cage, okay, the two Undertakers, and that's it. <laughs> so I forgot Leslie Nielsen was involved in this until Justin reminded me. If for some reason it's just there's nothing there. It's just a show to me. I have no significance. Didn't watch it uh, as a kid. And so I am looking forward, to be honest, if you're watching this with mm. yourself and Justin Henry, so I can fill in the blanks and hopefully make it a lot more interesting than it is in my head. Well, since so you bring up Leslie Nielsen, well, I brought him first, but Tom and I have spent a few weeks on this show lamenting uh, the horrible usage of a comic genius in Leslie Nielsen and he's uh, in this horrible angle and these terrible vignettes. What is your favorite Leslie Nielsen movie, Matthew? Oh, God, Justin, you threw that at me like a rock. Uh, I mean, I loved those films as a kid, the ones he was in, uh, not Naked Gun or Airplane, but the ones that will come much, much later uh, before Scary Movie. So we're talking Wrongfully Accused, uh, really? Spy Hard, loved all that stuff as a kid, loved the, the surrealness and daftness. Of, to me, it was like a live-action Itchy and Scratchy uh, series. And, you know, Leslie Nielsen, like, every nine months or so would pump out one of these films during the mid to late 90s. He was the Conor McGregor fight of this time. 
With so I didn't answer your question there. I rambled a lot. I'm going to say <laughs> wrongfully accused because I've not seen it since I was a kid. So in my mind, it's still funny. All right, fair enough. Nice shout. Justin, what was yours again? Remind us. Uh, probably the first naked gun I had the most fond memories of. Because I, I watched it when I was a little kid and I just thought it was hysterical, although I didn't get all the jokes at that point. But years later, I came to appreciate Airplane a lot more. So it's probably a, a toss-up between those two, the two classics. I loved uh, Two and a Half, Naked Gun Two and a Half. And my eyes were opened, my comedic third eye was opened when the Paramount Comedy Channel here in the UK started airing Police Squad. Oh. <laughs> and, and, you, and you realize how many jokes from the, like those six episodes ended up in the three movies. Were there only six a... episodes? Unfortunately, yeah. Do you know what? That's that's crazy because I very much like Faulty Towers. I feel like there was more. Oh, definitely. It's just there was unfortunately no audience for that kind of surreal comedy in 1982. It was just there was just it was just full on laughter, which we won't get from Leslie Nielsen tonight. So that's fine. We'll <laughs> get a bit of a break from that. So, we're going to hit play on SummerSlam 1994. You can find it on the WWE Network. Just search SummerSlam 1994. I'm going to give you a second to do that right now. You've done it? Good. Okay, Justin Henry, do you have SummerSlam 94 loaded up? Sure do. Matthew Craig, do you have SummerSlam 94 loaded up? Contender, ready. <laughs> Excelente, senorita. <laughs> uh, on go, we're going to press play. So, three, two... One, go. Oh, oh, this song. I quite like. This oh wait, do we get the Vince it. intro? The the throat the throat smashing. Welcome everyone. Yeah. I don't. Um, know, do we? Not for this one, I don't think. Oh. All right, this is why it sucks. <laughs> it's already it's already <laughs> gone wrong. Well, actually, this memory right here is very significant for one special reason. Oh. Go ahead. This is the last pay-per-view appearance in WBF for Macho Man Randy Savage. I was going to say he was gone officially in October, and I don't remember him doing much for Survivor Series. So, yeah, yeah, he uh, he missed out on that. Now oh, I did a no. bit of research for this particular show, and I pulled up some facts, and I fe I feel like <laughs> as I'm, as after hearing what Justin's just said, I think I've just pulled up something Justin Henry's written in the past. <laughs> Yeah. I have, haven't I? <laughs> I don't know. What have you pulled up? Um, stuff from a list of facts from SummerSlam 1994. Oh, there's our favourite there, Tom. Sorry to distract you, but... <laughs> He's going to sit there whether he wants to or not. <laughs> Savage went, how are you feeling, Bulldog? And he went, I'm effed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's... it's... Do you know what? It's lovely watching Bulldog with Matthew here, but on the classic Raw review. This feels like that time that Sam Malone turned up in Frasier. <laughs> wow. That is a good... That, that, you know what? There we go. Peaked already. If you like, Tom, if you don't want to steal from Justin Henry, I do have the SmackDown Coloholic style uh, what was in the charts during Ooh, this period. Go on. There you go. It's much better than listening to Vincent Lawler talk about, you know, getting away with messaging... Uh, massage parlor stuff. Uh, <laughs> wet, wet, wet. Love is all around. It's on top for 15 weeks in the UK. Everyone hated wet, wet, wet after this was all said and done. True Lies, the last proper good Arnie film, was number one for one week. Nintendo just released Earthbound, 
in Japan, where it remained over there for about 30 years. No. I'm still not sure if we can play or not legally in the UK. And in a month's time, Lennox Lewis is about to get his head caved in by Oliver McCall in front of his hometown crowd in London. All right, Matthew, without... I'm sorry, go go on. Ahead, I was, was going to say, without looking, who is the other guy who beat Lennox Lewis? Oh, that's uh, Hashim Rahman. Hashim the Rock Rahman, yes. That, that, yeah, The Rock. Is, is, he lived on Morocco. <laughs> he beat up Don Morocco at that time. Who also allegedly loved The Rock. Anywho. Would like to say... Uh, also... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, like, how disappointing is this as the last appearance of Randy Savage in the WWF? Not a bang, but a whimper. Like, you've got this... Like, And, and this is the point that we, we labour constantly on the, on the classic Raw review. You've got Vince Mann who believes that Savage is too old to wrestle. Yet, there's Nikolai Volkov on the regular in the ring and it's it's just terrible and this is your last hurrah for randy savage he deserves so much better well at the time i know i didn't know it was the last hurrah well vince didn't know and savage may have had an inkling that was going to be close to the end given uh he reached out to a certain competitor before long Uh, i mean it's funny that they were going through this period of getting pushing new people which is actually a good thing Mm -hmm. but you could think somewhere on the line Vince would see this and go, wow, the crowd loves Randy Savage so much. They love him when he's doing the Todd Pettengill bit. You should commentate. <laughs> <laughs> so is the corporation to like put a bucket of cold water of that red hot pop? <laughs> just that. They call themselves the baddies. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Million Dollar Corporation, Money Inc., spelt with a K. Oh, because I have uh, <laughs> it was never tattooed on the forehead. Uh, bam, bam, big. It was. It was never officially. They were never officially called Money Inc. But they kind of were Money Inc., weren't they? Essentially. Mm. Now this match was interesting because it was supposed That's to be a tag team title start. match. <laughs> what was it? IRS is in it. <laughs> oh, it's Captain Lou. Oh, here's your dad. <laughs> <laughs> What the? What are the headshakers wearing? Are they like the Pope? <laughs> they've both been they've both been sworn in. The smoke coming out Pope of the, uh, the 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 thing at the moment. Pope Kishi the twelfth. <laughs> now but, um, look at that smoke. That means we have a new Samoan Pope. No, it's the Fiji Islands. It just means Snooker's home. <laughs> there now. There is an interesting little factoid about this match that Justin has been alluding to for a couple of weeks. So, Justin, what is wrong with this picture? Well, it was supposed to be a tag team title match. And um, it's not now. It's not that Fatu and Samu lost, lost their belts at the airport Hilton or anything. What actually happened was the night before this show, they lost a belt at a house show in Indianapolis to Shawn Michaels and Diesel, a fact that was alerted to some fans who may have had the Regis and Kathy Lee show on Monday morning, when Sean Diesel walked out on the set to do an interview with the tag team belts and revealed them, and revealed the title change to everyone that happened to be watching. That's one hell of a way to... It's okay, okay though, Justin. Now, let's, let's not judge too quickly. I'm pretty sure Diesel and Shawn Michaels are losing fair and square in the middle of the ring to an upcoming tag team. I'm sure. I, I mean, if Sean's known for one thing, it's, it's putting over guys and in title matches and making sure they go over strongly in order to uh, keep the belt legitimate and legitimize their reign. 
Mm. So this is the Head Shrinkers part two. Almost. Um, I mean, Sioni's yeah. not here yet. Yeah, Sioni's part three, right? Well, who was part one then? It was like the Head Shrinkers when they were resting Backland in the day. Oh. But that was the Samoans. Oh, crap. Little, yeah, the Wild Samoans. Well, Samu was part of that team as a right, very, that's very, very young man. He was Samula. He's half Samu, half Mula. <laughs> Mula's in this. Oh, well, hide your well, daughters. <laughs> no, she's the purse shrinker. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> She'll have sex with Mark Henry, then give him a headbutt. No, you're thinking of, you're, you're thinking of Sume Young. <laughs> now you're just being silly, Tom. <laughs> that sounds like some crazy book that's going on with the tag team titles. I wonder why that could be. Oh, I know. Could it have something to do with this being the first pay-per-view after the steroid trial had faded? <laughs> oh, yes, that's a thing. And if you need further evidence that the, the trial is longer over and Vince was acquitted, just look at Davy Boy when they show him again. <laughs> Bigger than ever, taking up two chairs at ringside. <laughs> he seems to have swollen between matches. How's that happened? He's, he's just he's happy so, to see you. <laughs> <laughs> he's so big, he just want. He, you just wanted to watch Honk if you're horny in peace. <laughs> <laughs> have, you, have you seen my roid guy hat? <laughs> I'm going to wear it whether I like to or not. Hey, I've got a film for you, Biggie. Uh, the roid to nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> We're on the roid to nowhere. <laughs> Throwing up. We're gonna get <laughs> So this is the first show that Vincent Mann is full on back in charge of. Uh, because Jerry Jarrett's been running day to day of the WWF since uh, his inception since since his court that's trial. That's how Jeff went over on the show. <laughs> Was it not Jerry? I was going to say, yeah, he's been running it, uh, running it in the ground. <laughs> Am I right in thinking that by this point, Stan Lane has gone as well? Uh, I think he might be. He, he might have come back in 95 and done some shots on challenge, but yeah, he's pretty much uh, done for. Because from what I remember, like Stan Lane was hired by Jerry Jarrett because uh, Jerry liked him. And then as soon as Vince <laughs> came back, he went, right, you're out. <laughs> <laughs> it was just Vince just retconned so many things that Jarrett that Jerry Jarrett did with the company. What? Why well, actually, actually Lane was Who the three hired Stanley? <laughs> Jerry Creek well, Stanley... pushes. <laughs> I know Johnny Polo went along for the company at this point. I mean he left willingly at least. Mm, well yeah, they weren't really using him either. Yeah. But who the fuck released some good shots? Oh, me, me, no, me, me, yeah. Don't you worry. Well done, oh, Caught it. Had, 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 had the quote Vince there. <laughs> Caught it. Don't had to be the proper quote. Yeah, just it always sticks to a good quote if it means getting censored. Bless him. He's <laughs> like the Nixon tapes. <laughs> <laughs> so am I right in thinking that that's on two occasions, like where where Scott Levy has left a company because he got bored? Because he left the WWF because he's like, I wanted something else. And then, uh, mm -hmm. and then in WCW, I remember them saying, "If you uh, if you don't like it here, you can go, but you can't go to the WWF." And then, but then Raven went, "I oh, just can I go to ECW?" He went, "Yeah, fine, off you go." Yeah, yeah. There was a famous incident where 
Bischoff was sick of hearing how unhappy wrestlers were in the company because, you know, for the last two years or so, yeah, the same thing we all know, Hogan and the crew were on top, the government mm. guys underneath couldn't get to that higher level. And he went, right, you know what, if you want to leave, leave. And then Raven went, got up and went, all right, come on, guys. <laughs> he expected, like, all the people had been bitching with him every week to join him. He turned around, it was just him. And then Bischoff turned around and went, oh, well, I'm impressed with your balls. Like, you know, he actually called me out on it, and no one else did. I'm impressed. Do you still want to leave? Goes, yeah, I'll do acting as well. I'm a man of my word. I'll let you leave, sure. You can't go to WWF. He's like, that's fine. Because Raven being the smart person that he claims to be, as I said, he doesn't get any satisfaction out of it. He does have a lot of appreciation for wrestling itself. So even if he's been on his head or whatever, he still doesn't want to just sit around wasting his time and his life, which is very admirable. It's got to be said. Mm-hmm. It's a shame after all that, we got that rotten run where literally Raven was just waiting for his chance to go back to WWF. <laughs> It is funny how Raven, t- on two occasions, left the company and then days later made like an immediate impact somewhere else because there he left after leaving WC- left WCW and three days later he's helping Dreamer win the tag belts and the Dudley Boys and what could have been a great angle if Raven had you know had his heart into it. Right. And then years later he gets released from the, from WWE like the day after the 03 Rumble and two days later he's attacking Jarrett at, at the end of TNA when Jarrett was world champion and immediately he's like all right we're top heel. Yeah, that made a lot of difference, that change. Uh, unlike anything happening in this tag match, well, I was gonna say, which we're I'd, using I'd like to describe to the world out, of 94. I'd like to point out that oh, we, we missed a bit about about 45 seconds ago in which IRS was talking, a lot of spit was coming out of his mouth. That's the most exciting thing so far in this match. Was he saying, let me in? <laughs> let my son in! And you think IRS called sportswear in that shirt? Is it like, all right, when I gasp for air twice, give me an Irish whip. <laughs> <laughs> These men collectively have fathered five people who wrestled for WWE in the past year. Together? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that was a busy bed. Yeah, <laughs> sure was. Especially no women involved. That's even more impressive. Look, there's the Usos hey. and Bray Wyatt and Bo Dallas. Yeah. They'll make and your Lance. head shrink, but they'll make your trousers think. <laughs> hey! And the other being Lance and Hawaii, Samu's son. Oh, of course. Oh, that one. Who Shane beat in a match on Raw at one time? It was Man U related to. Man, Man U. Really? <laughs> Alex Ferguson. <laughs> <laughs> who, loved, who didn't love Manu? <clears throat> and his brother, Man City. <laughs> hey! Good hey! Man. Justin, Justin. Oh, Billy, Billy, Billy! <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> Billy, Billy, Billy! <laughs> the brain with the honor of BB. Get that right in the mouth. Get right in the mouth. Hey, get over here and do the burial! <laughs> Look at Alpha swinging! Alpha, you're not guilty, then punch Bam Bam in the teeth. Oh, Alpha going, Aka. Hey! Oh, what an amazing uh, tag match that was. The crowd's very hot here. It is the first event to occur at the new state-of-the-art United Center. Mm. Good job getting all the branding in. Something like 10 days before did it open? Uh, it, it, it just opened like two before the show, actually. Oh, uh, was it? Fair enough. Yeah. To give context for the other brand, uh, on the other show in deepest, darkest Atlanta, Bash at the Beach uh, just happened, which was the first time ever that WCW's pay-per-view outdrew WWF's pay-per-view as its first one with mm-hmm. Flair and Hogan. 
And because of this, fans in Pittsburgh successfully trolled Bret Hart at a house show on the 5th of August as they held up a banner during the Bret versus Owen match that read, Flair versus Hogan, 1.1. King of the Ring, 0.7. Who's fooling who? <laughs> Bloody hell. These were tense times. Absolutely. And then not long after that, Clash the Champions then set all kinds of ratings records for WCW, thanks to the Flair Hogan repeat main event. The show, show drew a 4.5 rating overall, making the second biggest wrestling show in the history of TBS. And if that wasn't enough, what happened two days before this? A little event in ECW known as The Night They Screwed the NWA. Oh, mm. yes, we are. Hey, speaking of ECW. Point. Hey, Dean Ayers, sign. Dean Ayers? Dean Ayers, yeah. doing the show. Chances are that was held up by Dean Ayers. By Mrs. Ayers. Oh, here's Leslie Nielsen, star of such comedy greats as 2001 A Space, Arsity. Yes, you're And uh, Rent a Kid. Oh, I'm on the trail of The Undertaker. There's the sizing Undertaker trail. Yeah, let's just keep talking about other stuff in the meantime. Uh, yeah, so, yeah Leslie so Nielsen happy, in yeah. My Career is Dead and I'm loving it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, this yeah, is back to Shane Douglas cutting the promo of a lifetime. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Not even a funny... Ba- <clears throat> there he was, The Undertaker. Come on, lad. <clears throat> it's a shame what did Richard Pryor say one time. Sometimes people would bring him in for film roles and you'd get there and it was only half a script. And some bits would just say it was a page that says, and then Richard Pryor says something funny. He goes, well, what's this? He goes, well, you know, you just you do your thing, and you'd have to write this stuff. You get the impression that they brought Leslie Nielsen in, and, like, I don't know, they expected him to write this stuff. But some of them must have written this crap. This very much Go feels on, like WWF wrote this. Yeah, get your pen out. I'm pretty sure Nielsen doing the Shane Lugger speech. <laughs> the airplanes, the naked guns. <laughs> <laughs> and they can all kiss my ass. Because <laughs> I am not going to be. I'm not going to hold the torch for the scary movies. <laughs> I'm a forbidden planet, damn it. I'm not going to do it for the decent comedies that died, R.I.P., seven years ago. <laughs> <laughs> the Zucker brothers at ringside tune his nails going, he's, he's, bury- he's burying the films. <laughs> We're in the film. John. And the third brother. If no. The third brother, Coraluzo Zucker. John. <laughs> Zucker, Zucker. Leslie Nielsen as Shane Douglas throwing down the ECW title. Pierce Paul Nakano just like Paul Birchall for some reason. Oh, God, yeah. Pirate Pirate Nakano. That's not a bad look, actually. Strong look. I was going to say, I mean, if the looks that the AJW roster had that the, their tires like we have to be you have to show you evil i'll do that you have to look cool as hell hairspray mm-hmm. face paint uh amazing gear piracy unchucks piracy <laughs> and bonacano's case cocaine <laughs> yes bonacano is on is on lime wire as we speak <laughs> downloading an, an, an entire cure album <laughs> boo <laughs> Representing the great nation of XWT. <laughs> Get her off Napster, damn it! <laughs> so, I gotta say, it is an odd juxtaposition. You have the awesome pirate overcoat, and then she has the um, multicolored shirt and engineer title underneath. It's uh, it is a it is a downshift in um, in impressiveness. Yeah, you're right, Justin. 
She should wrestle like your favorite wrestler, IRS, and wear that in the ring. <laughs> IRS should wear the pirate coat over his, over his outfit. Can we get? But I'm the same, Justin. I wanted. I wanted. I was so disappointed with the first time seeing wrestling. A picture of wrestling as a kid was the Road Warriors, Arlington of Doom back then. And I was so sad when I finally saw them wrestle years later, and they took the shoulder pads off to wrestle. I mean, what was the bloody point? You think how quick the match would be done with if they get yeah. the pads on? One Rhino core hits over. Now you're That's a calendar. <laughs> right. Um, time check for those who are watching... <laughs> At home with us. <laughs> just stop this. I have 1846, 47, 48, 49, so forth. Yeah. I agree with that. Beautiful. Oh, there's some flowers. That's how they do it in Japan. That's nice. I like that. Just stick them over oh. there. That's great. I'll, I'll, I'll definitely forget them later. Please hold up for payoff for this show. <laughs> oh, she's here with the flowers. Nice. Oh, she didn't sell it. She pulled a Ruth Buzzy. She's going to sell it with her purse. <laughs> Do you know what would have been great in that spot? Do you know what would have been great in that spot? If, if she'd hit with the flowers, Blaze had gone down like a ton of bricks, and then and then uh, Luna pulls out a lead pipe from inside the flowers. Ho, ho! That would have been fun. Yeah. I can't believe I forgot this match is on the show, because, Jesus, this is the women's division to be circa 94, and then nothing happened until you know, Sable. Well, Tom and I were actually surprised when... uh. On Sunday Night Slam, and Bull actually had an awesome match with Heidi Lee Morgan. It was like, oh where did this come from? Amazing, Heidi Lee Morgan. What? A... Do you know what Heidi Lee Morgan's yeah. performance in that match, <clears throat> to give it some modern yeah. context, was like Dexter Loomis on NXT this week, where it was like, what? Where have you been? This is ridiculous. <laughs> what TNA? <laughs> exactly. No, no one spotted him. She hit a, <clears throat> she hit a poison <clears throat> runner in '94. Absolutely stunning. <clears throat> oh, absolutely. They they were creating fire back then, the women of Japan. Uh, and then all the men stole it. And then all the Americans stole the Japanese males' moves. It was uh, mm. a lovely evolution of moves there. So, Paul Meccano, mm. so good here. And it's crazy that we got this in WWF, considering everything else that's going on. Uh, because, yeah, Shields have one of the women's, uh, one of the best women's wrestlers on the planet. Come in and face uh, Lundra Blaze on pay per view. I'm going to ask the uh, Just Encyclopedia a question here. Okay. Uh, do you know the significance of this match historically? Hmm. Let's see there here. Is some, there is some important historical significance to this match. Well, I know it's the first women's match in SummerSlam history. There is that, but there's another thing as well. Uh, give me a clue. It is to do with one of the competitors. Hmm. <laughs> It is to do with Bull Nakano. Is it something that I wrote in SummerSlam facts and I've probably forgotten about? Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) What I love is in researching this, I've just probably pulled up some old facts that Justin wrote. What is the... I just can't remember. Okay. Bull Nakano in this particular match became the first Japanese-born wrestler to challenge for a WWE belt on a pay-per-view. Oh, I was about to say, as he said on the pay-per-view, I was going to say, how dare you forget Antonio Noki winning that belt that no one cared about? <laughs> exactly, exactly. On a WWE pay-per-view event, Nakano is the first to challenge for any belt. Obviously, Yokozuna and Mr. Fuji, I hear you cry. California and Hawaii, I cry back. 
Oh, I guess Yokozuna winning at WrestleMania 9 is just something me and... Uh, <laughs> Whatever. It was a, it was a, it was a, it was a fever. I feel so bad life. now. I feel so bad now watching Yokozuna, and you're like, oh, it's just a Samoan, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Would Yoko have been as impressive if he was portrayed as a Samoan? No, because they would have had him going from the dark tiki tacky hut, well, flame, actually... flame breathing, children eating. <laughs> Well, Tom, if you, if you recall, to be fair. <laughs> very early on in the show, we did acknowledge that in the company, they were basically saying that Yoko wasn't Japanese, but he'd moved to Japan, become a sumo champion, and embraced their culture. Yes, they have started to, to kind of, they've started to let the veil slip, and they've gone, all right, he's not, he's not really, he's not really. <laughs> which, which was at least, you know, a bit realistic for, for a motivation. But after a year of having Fuji come out with the flag and mm-hmm. throwing, you know, throwing salt in the eyes and having them going, hush, and everything, mm-hmm. it's like too little, too late for, for kid me. It's going, nah, it's a lie. He's fibbing. He's trying to get out of paying tax. <laughs> Lovely move here from Bolvacano, though. Crowd's loud. Jesus. Well, Chicago. Chicago crowds are usually uh, very, very uh, lively. Yeah, the booing the manager at the baseball game. I hope we get hotter than poop, just despite those Lim <laughs> <laughs> Time fans that show up every week. I, uh, I wish I could uh, quote that verbatim on the show. Lee, 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 rant. It's the greatest. Have you heard this, Tom? I haven't heard this, no. Oh, go, go on, Justin. Take it away. Explain what it is. Okay, there is one line that I can repeat verbatim, but before I get to that, this is like 1983 Chicago Cubs manager Lee Elia. Went on this rant about how ungrateful the fans were because they had to boo them during a long, a long losing streak. And he went on this obscenity-filled rant that's all over YouTube. It's legendary. Oh, okay. They really uh, like you here. My effing ass. <laughs> there, there was one tremendous quote because the Cubs were never oh, playing a lot of Oh, I don't even say it. The Cubs played a lot of day games back then. Like, up until like the late 80s, all they, all they played were just like daytime games. They were like the only thing that did that. So, and he, he talks about how the, the fans are just completely worth it. He goes, 85% of the world's working. The other 50% come out here. <laughs> he sounds like a great heel promo. It's it's one of the greatest soliloquies I've ever heard. It's it's up there with, you know, Prospero's in the Tempest. It's just it's just amazing. I'm I'm very man when it comes to the, fam- the, the famous unfiltered sports rants, whether it's Jim Mora talking about diddly poo. In the NFL. Oh, we couldn't do diddly squat. Yeah, that's right. That's good. Then it's up there with, I have never instructed any of my players to purposely bean any of the players. And if I did, it wouldn't be a, it wouldn't be a 115 hitter like Bavakwa. Who could hit water if he fell out of a boat? He sounds like my new hero. <clears throat> Tomula sort of was at WrestleMania too. Bring answer for the for the main. Should have been on commentary. <laughs> With Art Donovan. Oh, I'm again. While I was saying all this, Nakano and the Blaze are doing. They had an amazing match on Raw one time. I believe it was Nakano's last ever match uh, before that whole drugs in a bag backstage thing broke out. I don't know, um, Your Honor. And I remember it specifically because it was pictures of it in one of the magazines at the time that the F put out where like, 
Paul O'Connor's German suplex and under Blaze on the outside. Yeah. I think that's the day after Mania 11, so... Hasn't Blaze got the doll back, right? That uh, must have been, yeah, because she was out and then Bertha Faye came in and attacked her. And big, no offense to Bertha, but big downshift at that point. Bertha Faye wasn't a great idea. Uh, well, you know, something's going to fail during this period where it starts off with accompanied to the ring by their manager, Harvey Whippleman. Oh, <laughs> wearing baby blue. <laughs> Poor Harvey, he's just, he's just a walking kiss of death. His theme music is taps. <laughs> is it dancing or water? <laughs> you know what? I'll leave ambiguous. <laughs> oh, that Matrix of Skip in 94. It's a close line. This has been the best match of the night, <laughs> and I feel like, and I feel like up until we get to Bretton Owen, it might remain as such. Oh, I just realise this match is wait, half of my minute. Ninety percent of all this good. Career... Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, just. Uh, I'll say ninety percent of Blaze's career is just getting her ass beat by Bull Nakano. And it, and in a done. style that is that is beyond its years, as well. And she and she drives monster trucks now. Like, is she balanced enough to drive? After this boy like rocking her around for like twenty straight years, suplexes and power bombs oh, and all that stuff. So. Well, yeah, Bull doesn't come in and give the truck a pile drive or anything. So, oh, it's just a sexy leg drop. And oh, jeepers! It's a lot of leg on that woman. That is a lot of mm. leg. Oh, here we go. <laughs> yes. Man, and the crowd went banana. The, like, I love, I love seeing the crowd react to that because for so long, like the 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 women's, and it was a fight they'll have for years. Like the women's matches just don't get the reaction and the love, but the the place came alive for that. Like I think they started with lower expectation, but damn it, Nakano and Blaze brought them into it. Yeah, she was the female threat back then. She made it not not that bitch Julie, um, but she made that fight. Like she, had, she got beat up for ages, looked like she couldn't win, and then made that comeback after making the ball look so good. Yes, Alundra. Yes. And more of that, please. Also, it's weird that the thing I was trying to say before, and it's weird that we've got this great card of some great matches, but we have got Vince and Lawl on commentary. Uh, Jim Ross had been fired this past weekend. Mm-hmm. What led yeah, to uh... the firing of Jim Ross here? Was it just a case that Vince? I know Vince wasn't especially high on him because he wasn't a young-looking man. I think I think Ross was just brought back because Vince was on trial and, and they needed a body or a voice for that matter. And once Vince was fully acclimated again, it's like, all right, Jim, you can go now. Right. I think it's one of those things where it's like, ah, oh, we'll see you later, again later. So we went to Smokey Martin wrestling for a bit, which is why you see all those amazing interviews with him and New Jack. Uh, real fast, I pulled up uh, Meltzer's uh, review for this show. Um, how do you guys think he rated the opener of the Head Triggers versus Bigelow and IRS? Okay, Matthew, you go first. I think Meltzer was getting some chips during this match. We didn't see it. I reckon, um, I reckon he gave it one and a half. Matthew was actually close. He says, no rating because of a local cable transmission problem, which might oh. most of the match. He was getting chips. <laughs> wow. I was joking. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what I love? Couldn't even be buggered to watch it again. <laughs> Couldn't even be buggered to watch be... it. Blaze versus Nakano. I reckon he gave that three and three quarters or four. Four. Oh, I'm going to say three and a half. Three and a quarter. Ooh. Oh, sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
So, should we do these as we go through? I think we should. I think we should. Meltzer's comment for that match was, this was similar to an All Japan Women's preliminary match in that they worked fast and did some good maneuvers, but didn't do a lot of main event or special spots and were kind of rushed. And again, the issue you have with Meltzer that I think people like Bruce Pritchard had uh, all this time, yeah, he can't seem to get in his head that it's not WF versus every other company in the world in terms of context. You know, you're right. They didn't go at it for 35 minutes <laughs> like, the, like uh, Megumi Kudo would do back when. No, no, it's whatever. It's Sorry, the, I think I went no, around then. I'll stop no, myself. No, it's, no, it's right because the thing is, Maltz's system, I feel like Mal, Dave Maltz's system, the rating system is, is so based on a certain formula. That nothing else allows. There's no. R.I.P. Fink. Oh, poor Fink. But nothing else allows to come through. So, like, if if it's a comedy match, then it's a dud because it's not a classic wrestling match. His system is only based on sort of techers as a wrestling concept and nothing else. So that is where the system kind of falls down a little bit. I don't think it allows for 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 the detail. For a man like Meltzer, who is who's able to realize and see so much, he does have blinders on sometimes at weird times. Yeah, maybe 2021 will be the time where he finally puts, splits up the UFC and wrestling categories to the end of war, end of news other things. Anyway, he says he wasn't able to see the first match due to cable issues. Well, it could have been worse. A cable company in Maine accidentally aired a porn in place of SummerSlam. <laughs> no! Which, yes, which naturally resulted in tons of complaints. Dave is amused that one caller said that his kids watched the movie for 15 minutes before they realized it wasn't the WWF. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And he's not sure if that means they need to be watching more or less. <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> well, that one girl screams like Luger. Why is Luger yelling harder? Watch the elbow. He <laughs> 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 got sick of the commentators, you know. Lying and saying stuff like that was a ten inch. He was ah. <laughs> but weirdly, I... weirdly, Meltzer gave gave the first fifteen minutes of the porn three stars. <laughs> if I could paraphrase Norm Macdonald, like kids call this the best summer slam ever. Because <laughs> <laughs> only when there was no Domino's adverts or Todd Pettingill for for the first fifteen, he went, "Wait a minute, this isn't the wrestling." The dad must have heard that Leslie Nielsen was supposed to be in. So he says, yeah, he probably is doing porn right now. <laughs> After seeing Naked Gun 33 and a third, probably be an upgrade. I like to think there's a story of that guy in the local paper, and he's holding up his TV <laughs> bill looking guilty as sin. Like that old boy in the... Uh, there's a, I don't know if you've seen it, Justin. There's a there's a picture that does the rounds every so often, and it's uh, it's an elderly couple, I think from the UK. And they they're kicking off with their service provider because they claim they've been charged for like hundreds of pounds worth of pornography on the pay, mm-hmm. the pay channels and it's this it's a photo in the newspaper of the husband and wife they're an elderly couple and the wife's holding up the telephone bill that has all these things on and, and all, all the, the tv bill and she's furious and she's holding it up and then there's a husband in the background who looks guilty as sin and <laughs> It's the greatest because it's like, mate, you've lied and now you're so stuck in this lie that you are absolutely trapped. You just have to roll with it here. I'm going to find the picture and put it in the chat. That is good. Justin Henry, you are 
uh, famously American. Can you tell I us am. who Walter Payton is? Uh, Walter Payton is one of the all-time greatest running backs in the history of the National Football League. For many years, he held the Russian yards record for most yards in a career up until 2002 when Emmett Smith finally surpassed him. Uh, Walter Payton won a Super Bowl 20, he won Super Bowl 20 with the Chicago Bears, who he played his entire career for. He's one of four players on that team that has gotten physically involved in the WBF angle, along with Refrigerator Perry, Jim Cover, and Steve McMichael. I was going to say, I know Mongo McMichael, Super Bowl ring and wrestling go together very well. And the Chicago Bears, obviously. Yeah, that was one badass team. Best defense to possibly ever be assembled for one season. Mm. And I'm looking like, forward to... Oh, sorry, Tom. I'll say, in three playoff games in 85 the year they won it, they, they gave up a combined 10 points, including, including the Super Bowl. Two shutouts and then 10 points for the Patriots in Super Bowl 20. Mm. And in fact, and in fact, Walter Payton, uh, the annual Walter Payton Man of the Year Award, named his honor. Obviously, it's for the player who does who, who does the most charitable work and, uh, and things. Well, somebody that feeds to charity right now, so that's nice. <laughs> mm. uh, and I did hear. I'm not sure if it's true or not that with Walter Payton actually passed away in 1999 of a of a rare liver disease. And, for, and from what I heard, Walter Payton was actually told that they would bump him up on the donor list because of his notoriety, and he refused, saying it wouldn't be fair to somebody else, and it may have cost him his life. Jesus, what a nice guy! Yeah, Walter Payton gets nothing but respect from everyone, and and that's that's why they that's why they have words named for him because there's really no better person than him that deserves that honor. God love him. I hope we get higher than poo, just so the people that come out and support us every week have a nice time. <laughs> what do we think they really oh. love you here they cheer you and they say nice things about you i believe that statement to be true well the Peyton's famous rant on the chicago fans <laughs> <laughs> what do we think of the razor ramon t-shirt lovely <laughs> and timely yeah considering the crap that we're wearing back then i think it's great speaking of which is, is Shawn Michaels appearing as uh, making a big guest cameo on Streets of Rage as the woman with the whip? <laughs> I hated Shawn Michaels during this period as a kid. Look at him. But you're meant thought, to. That's fine. I thought he was starring in the off-off-off uh, off Broadway version of of the Wild One. <laughs> Jesus. The two dudes with quaaludes. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, have we all have we all had like coffee or alcohol or some drugs today? Because we're, we're on all we're cooking on cylinders, all cylinders today. We're cooking on diesel power, Tom. Oh! I'm just happy to be here with you and Justin. I'm, you know, breaking up the monotony of you know going from room to room, my house wanking. <laughs> anyway, so, diesel versus Ramon. What do you think about this match, Justin? I want to know which room is which rooms you did it in last. It's Justin. A clue. Smash like <laughs> with the pawn in the, in the study. Well, first, I was going to say, uh, as a follow up to two years of Quaaludes, is that the click? It's the clock. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, this match is, uh, I recall this being a pretty good match. We'll see if it holds up all these years later. So far, Can't it's been good. Up. It's been fast paced, it's been very sports entertainment y. People, people bag on Kevin Nash, but 94 Kevin Nash was actually like highly motivated and could, and could go and had good opponents. I feel like yeah, and as he says in his right interviews, 
Straight, Tom. Uh, they said in his interviews as well, they would practice. They would do the house show loop, doing the matches mm-hmm. and everything, and the preparation for this. So by the time they got around to this, if they weren't, you know, having a, a good match, then they didn't deserve to be there. So Diesel and Luger had a really good match on Raw. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah, we saw. 95, I think, was already been. I forget the time. 94, 95, merging yeah, together. 94. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, because they've been doing it over and over again, and Diesel knew what to do with his limitations, you know. Mm-hmm. I remember uh, Sean Waltman saying in one of those um, Sean Oliver shoots that he says, in his opinion, Razor and Sean had better ladder matches on house shows preceding Mania 10 when they were just, you know, feeling everything out and and planning things. And he feels they were better than the one they had at the Garden. But that's just his opinion. I kind of want to see one of those matches now to see what it's like. Uh, I've seen one. And it's interesting watching these fan cams because they're held up by people who really care about this type of thing. But Mm -hmm. they're still smarks. So they don't show up the entire time. So the one I've got, uh, one of the ladder matches they had on the house show, you can hear them, and they're comparing this match to the Three Stooges the entire time, going, look how ridiculous this is. Look, oh, he's putting over his head and spinning around. Because it was such an idea of putting a ladder in the ring. Oh, it's goofy. <laughs> now, obviously, WrestleMania 10 happened. It's like, oh. I like the idea <laughs> of back well, then well, something going, wrestling is so daft, they put a ladder in the ring. There is no way it will be dafter than this. Yeah, certainly. Mm-hmm. I wish that was. I wish that was a tweet so that I can snitch tag them the freezing cold takes and have them tweet it out. <laughs> Sean be heavily involved in this match. Ooh. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, this is an important match because it's this one that Diesel talks about and others talk about where he rang up Sean. A month later, and said, "What did you get for SummerSlam?" And he went, "I got paid this." Sean, tell me you're lying. Tell, tell me you're lying because you got. you got And he turned out he got paid a considerable amount more than both Diesel or Ramon. And as you can see, he's just at ringside. He's not wrestling. And uh, he rang up Vince and told him, "Like, what was what, this?" And he goes, "Oh, I don't know what you're talking about." Apparently, he put his hand on the, the telephone. Went, they were talking. <laughs> Before then, no one compared like paychecks because these guys were friends. And it's like, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll make it up to you. And it's like, oh. And that's when they realized we need to stick together because no one's got our back. And so this is this is a very important match for the history of the click. Uh, it's... I can't believe that they wouldn't actually think that people would compare paychecks before this point. It's like, what'd you get for this? Because I, I think I was underpaid. Oh, I got this. And... Like, hey, it's really? the wrestling business, not the wrestling friendship, buddy. Mm-hmm. I think everybody uh, kind of plays their cards close to their chest, though, on sort of what they get paid and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I never, when I worked freelance in radio, like, I never asked other presenters what they got paid. Sure. Because uh, mm-hmm. just in case I find out I'm getting less, and then I have to have an awkward conversation. You just kind of negotiate your own deal. Well, but also keep in mind that in a business where you, where you don't... Sorry, Rupert, is that security name? card? Sorry, uh, if it goes out the camera... <laughs> Security guard just watching the match. I don't know if you saw him, he was on the steps. <laughs> See, I think the diesel was over. Yeah, look, there he is. There. Just chilling. It's like he's posing for like a, a catalog photo. <laughs> the new 94 Blazers. But, um... Those big smoking gun hats. <laughs> oh, yeah, because the turnbuckle pack got taken off, so... Or Earl just wants to stink for one or the other. Isn't Peyton there to stop shenanigans? Um... Oh, oh yeah. he's been, he's been pretty useless so far. 
Well, he's he's very passive, Walter Payton. <laughs> he's, he's, uh, he's, he's too busy doing charity work at ringside. <laughs> <laughs> There's actually a story in Jericho's second book. It was after WrestleMania 18. He got he he got a, where he worked a main event with Hunter for the world title, and he got his check in the mail like six weeks later or whenever they went. Now, yeah, um, he, 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 he was he was a little disappointed with it. He, he was a little confused. That he got five figures. Like I was expecting kind of six for working a main event, but okay. And he went and found Hunter at like the next TV taping and asked him what he got paid. And Hunter straight up told him what it was. And Jerry realized he got paid five times more than I did. Yeah. <laughs> oh Jesus. And he stormed to the Vince's office and went, what the hell is this? And he went, what's the problem? I didn't get paid as much as Triple H. Okay, Jim Ross, coming to the check. And that was was the entire meeting. Yeah, Del Rio said something like that in his interview. He said he'd he'd check his checks that he's supposed to be getting paid, and they weren't what they were supposed to be. And he'd complain, and he'd get it straight away. But he wondered, well, how many people are not going and complaining and getting the money he's supposed to be paying? He's just going, oh, well, I guess I was wrong with my estimate. Well, look at the uh, logic of it, though. If Delvery was getting paid you know, a certain amount, but and he, and he complains and they pay him a little bit more, is that a little bit more always going to be enough to satiate him? Because maybe he could have gotten even more if he asked for it. Right. <laughs> I'm sure we can agree on one thing, and that's Shawn Michaels sucked during this period. Oh, I don't know if he sucked. Oh, rip. Oh, I mean, just sorry, in terms of me being a kid and watching it and going, uh, yeah. this guy coming out... Sexy boy. I think I still has a song that it's stripper music, but he but he dances for Jesus now. <laughs> I'm dancing for Jesus. I'm only gay for Jesus, brother. <laughs> Jesus Christ, sexy boy. <laughs> right, John. I'm just. I'm just oh, an altar no. boy. Altar boy. We're getting banned off again. <laughs> John, you know that scene from Alan Partridge where it's it's he's in the head of Alan Partridge and Partridge is dancing for Tony Hayes. Oh, no. Right? Tony. I want Shawn Michaels as Partridge and I want God as Tony Hayes. <laughs> no. Tries to pay him, he goes, sod that. I want a world title uh-huh. run. Do you want a world... T- I want a world title run. Can I get a second reign? Can I get a second... <clears throat> Smell my cheese. <laughs> Do I get a second reign? Sean Michaels. Sean Michaels doing the sexy boy thing. Meanwhile, his voice is so deep, evil can evil try to jump over it. <laughs> <laughs> Monsoon's going nuts backstage right now because he doesn't have the toe wrapped around the ankle. He's got a silhouette of Jim Ross that's no longer there. <laughs> that is the laziest abdominal stretch ever. Yeah, radio. radio been cancelled during this time then had to be uh, it, i barely remember it lasting long but i, I know it's still around at mania 10 because monsoon and Chet copic were at ringside doing commentary on it who check copic <laughs> you don't know check copic <laughs> who's check copic check copic was a chicago radio host uh-huh. who, uh, who, now he's on the show he was actually the ring announcer for the chicago portion of wrestlemania oh he um he he pulled it he pulled it his name twice and it's like here is Big John Stud Stud here's Big John Stud like he was like 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 ramble everyone's name out like repeatedly it was weird R- Rob and Ronnie <laughs> kind of. being a Big John Stud 
he testified at the steroid trials, and so, uh, but he wasn't able to make it to the courtroom due to treatment for Hodgkin's lymphoma. Mm. And Vince McMahon accused him of lying about the treatments, <laughs> basically <laughs> saying, you're, you're faking it. And then Stud died uh, less than a year later of it. Classy. He was a method actor. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yes, he learned He learned while working on the movie Harley Davidson and the Marlboro Man. <laughs> that was a real movie. He was in it. No, it wasn't. The Marlboro Man. Harley <laughs> Davidson and the Marlboro Man. In 93. <laughs> Wait, the one from what? The one from Drury Lane. The Marlboro Man. The Marlboro Man. <laughs> I think it's somebody different, isn't it? <laughs> I'm thinking of the Muffin Man. Yes. Swings and misses man. all around here. Someone <laughs> <laughs> who isn't swinging and missing is Razor Ramon with that bulldog, and he holds him up like an accordion. <laughs> this is a hip crowd. They're up for it, aren't they? They're a lively yeah. bunch. I was just pointing out Chicago is, might be the best wrestling oh. crowd there is. Again, Razor, someone else like Savage, that Vince was like, hmm, I need a new headliner. Who shall I have? And Razor's just jumping up and down going, Chico, Chico. And he's like, Mabel. <laughs> Tatanka. <laughs> oh, is it in the turnbuckle pad? I've got it. Diesel. Which all... Diesel, do you know anybody that could be a headliner? <laughs> it did also use that finish for Diesel's match with Michaels at Mania. I believe the Temple came in the consideration of Survivor Series. He loved that gimmick, didn't he, Diesel? He had a fetish. I would go that far, but... <laughs> I would. Well... You know, considering all the wrestlers getting up to him, he's all right having a Temple fetish. And... This has been a good this has been a good match. Crowds into it. Oh definitely. It's one of those things, as you say, Justin, that Diesel will work well with somebody he wants to work with. And and the click all together here, it's a nice combo. The thing that annoys me slightly, and I think the thing that annoyed the locker room at this point was the fact that they were tag champs. Uh, on this night, they won the belts mm-hmm. and they didn't even defend them. They just had them because of reasons. Probably because Sean forgot his other belt and he couldn't be bothered to go to the shop. So he said, oh, can I win the tag belts just to keep my trousers up? It was just a way to keep him in the uh, title scene after, the, after well, ah. spoiler for how this match what? ends. But... <laughs> yeah, I guess it makes that loss. He's still keeping some of his momentum and... Uh... What are you doing, Michaels? <laughs> Humming it up. And this, oh, and this, and this ending here's a little bit uh, foretelling for how things are going to go in the next year. He just spends the hmm. rest of the year just accidentally kicking Diesel, doesn't he? Until it leads to Diesel's world title push for a year. He kicked him all the way to the main event. <laughs> he basically did. Yes. Well, then Diesel said himself, he says, well, after the steroid trial, everyone started deflating, and he looked around and realized, hey, everyone else has shrunk, but that guy's still seven foot. <laughs> Ding. Let's get him in. I've got an idea. It's as hot as my pants. Yeah, here we go. Now he's earning his money. Oh, that's one hell of a kid. Yeah. Bloody hell, I've got to... <laughs> I'll take book. Like Booker T after the pedigree. 
<laughs> oh yeah, I wish I like the giant at Hogwild. We could do a count actually. We should do a count on which took longer to to get the pin from. Was it that particular super kick to Diesel, or was it the pedigree on Booker T? Well, to be fair, well, to be fair, Sean didn't say the Diesel. Um, you know, tall guys like yeah, <laughs> in the weeks before the match. <laughs> well, there you go, new IC oh, champion. Triple and Paradise. Jinx. <laughs> <laughs> All right, no more reference in Chicago commentators for a bit. Okay, there we go. And we're back, and we definitely haven't just had a little break to go to the toilet there to talk about great films like Stan Helsing and Superhero <laughs> Movie. <laughs> that break really ran the gamut of emotions. <laughs> That's right, this podcast is free, but if you want wrestling to be talked about, you have to go to patreon.com. <laughs> you can download the ad-free version of this where we talk exclusively about the wrestling. Gonna miss you much. Uh, is that much of my wearing WrestleMania 10 gear? Probably. Because it's the black and gold, that's what I associate with that. Oh no, yeah, black and white at WrestleMania 10. He just modified uh, Santana's El Matador jacket. Is that Dexter Loomis behind him? <laughs> Uh, being a big old stalker guy. Miss Barry Windham. Because <laughs> uh. so, so far, this has been a pretty good SummerSlam. Yeah, forgettable first match. I've had two good matches following it, though. That's all, yeah. Batting a good average. There's Earl Hedmer, Tom Water, Peyton. Uh, oh! I was not... I was not selling your jerseys out of my trunk. (laughs) 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 Yeah, they've painted their shirts with WWF. Well, that is because they love the WWF. They stand up for the WWF. They love pandas and they love uh, endangered species and they're making it known. Oh, no. Here to ruin the show is the star of Jocktober. <laughs> I got a tree on my house. I'm going to see the boat movie. <laughs> what we're talking about. Oh, I love yeah. this. Like, couple, like a couple disputing. This is so cute. The story <laughs> to this. Yeah, why are they next to each other? Oh, because they they hate each other, and it's like a head-to-head interview. Because they're so they're two of the hottest baby faces in the company, and they're doing a head-to-head interview. house <laughs> we just got Shannon to do commentary on one of these shows yeah. he used to have a Luger from SummerSlam 93 went from having a bus to being a bust <laughs> wordplay anyway Native American uh, Tanka. I have to call him that because that's I think it's his first name because that's uh, Vincent Mann always <laughs> described him um, and accused Lex Luger of selling out to the corporation and here he is the man who I genuinely thought as a kid was Noel Edmonds. <laughs> John? No. John, do with that information whatever you want. Oh, such a stunning, stunning set of superstars here. From Nikolai Volkov to Crush, who, by the way, had just left the company. Hey, what's, what's this one? What, what? Who's that kid just standing there? 
I think he's going to knock on the door he and go, lost a bet. Goldberg, you're up. <laughs> <laughs> like, what's up, growling? But he, he was growling, like, questioning. Uh-huh. Here's what I love about this whole storyline. Because Tonka's going, Lex, you've sold out. You've sold out. And Lugus just stood there saying nothing. Just say you haven't. He, the whole thing, for weeks, he's been accused of selling out. He hasn't said a word. He hasn't denied it. He hasn't confirmed it. If you haven't, say it. That's the bit that blows my three... mind. It's a plot line from Three's Dumpany. It really is. Well, Tom, what do you want to say? Let's just say Ted moved me to a bigger bus. <laughs> <laughs> I would that, please. I would like that. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> Lex is just so happy to be here. <laughs> Lex Luger, the face of the company. He always has a face on him. <laughs> just... this and time what last a face year, it is. He was Mr. America. He was like the American dream at this point. He had... this, is, this is a drop for Luger. Tanker running there. Last time we saw him run that fast was when those police were looking for him in that hotel. <laughs> oh, it's okay though because it wasn't him. Right, it was Jimmy Delroy. <laughs> now he's telling the truth. Look it up. Oh, no, 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 Tanker! Tanker, for love of God, stop doing that! <laughs> you don't know no, what it means. Tanker. You don't know what it means. <laughs> The Tonkin Reich. No, no, stop it. John? No, don't. No, 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 no. I just say, John, I hope you're enjoying the show. There we go. He's a wind talker, but he's telling the wind very anti Semitic things. Holy! <laughs> he who is racist into the wind. This is the one shot. I was gonna say this is the one shot. Just standing there. Standing there. <laughs> there you go. Like Most expensive piece of luggage right there. <laughs> I like the Luger's like. I like, I like to think that Luger didn't know that he was on camera at that point, and he thought he was just still in gorilla. <laughs> That's <laughs> probably what it was. Yeah. Lucas just thinking to himself, like, do I want to go out there? Ah, oh, it's probably just a little blip on my career. I'm sure next year we'll be better. And then next year he's the Allied Powers. Your official just offer him a bag of peanuts to jump and he takes it. Anything. <laughs> Why doesn't the tiger come over and made in a USA jagged? Exactly. It's, it's more apropos, isn't it? And we're not talking about garden utensils. <laughs> they were, they were formidable, my favorite. <laughs> so I love Justin Harry so much. This is a particular brand of stupid references I have that I know he'll get. <laughs> That's what I live for. From Mongo commentary to O&A. He's so derp, 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 Matthew, I have to ask, how much does your mark out... I assume you watch the uh, Snook of the Dark Side of the Ring when yeah. Jim Norton shows up in the midst of it. Yeah! Hey. Well, Snooker went on Opie and Anthony to talk about, well, you know. His book, first of all. His book. Yeah. Uh, did you kill a guy? <laughs> uh, 
And the, the thing with Snooker, what happened was he gave a contradictory account on there of, of what he said before of a, about Nancy Argentino's death and, and her manner of it. And that raised a lot of eyebrows. Like, wait a minute. He said before, and, that, and some believe that's what really got the case reopened was him going on a shock shocks radio show in New York. Oh, I didn't realize that's what kickstarted it. Wow. It is the equivalent of that scene from The League of Gentlemen where, as the guy's leaving the shop, Tubbs goes, We didn't burn him! <laughs> I did enjoy watching that documentary about Snooker, but I'm disappointed that still footage of the time allegedly Snooker was asked to do a shoot interview, but he didn't understand what that meant exactly. So apparently that's coming. So, Jimmy Snooker, how did you get started in the business? And he goes, Oh, from the, the, the treetops to the volcanoes in Fiji, I train every day. Just <laughs> 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 a character the entire time. Is that I not basically the Arn Anderson podcast, though? <laughs> the Arn Anderson. Uh. Do you know what? I, I, love the, I love the work that Conrad does. Like, I love all the Conrad podcasts. Mm. I love the, the, all the Pantheon. <laughs> Conrad podcast they always make me smile and they really lift my spirits on many occasions but what I've learned from it is JR when he's in a bad mood is hilarious Tony is 24-7 brilliant I'm enjoying the Bischoff one the Bischoff one's really telling Pritch like is very real Arn Anderson's hard work <laughs> Anderson's hard work I actually like Arn's the second most if I'm being honest really I just I just feel like I just feel like his episodes always feel like Conrad's earning his money with them. Like, sometimes in some episodes, I feel like he's pulling teeth with Anderson to get stuff out of him. But Arn is always so protective of the biz that it's quite... It's just, it just makes me chuckle. It just sounds like hard work. Tom, I'm sorry. I only heard some of that because Luga started selling. <laughs> <laughs> watching uwf again because i tape traded them because i am a foolish individual and <laughs> i was gonna say i've forgotten how dull it is the the myth and legends and story around them is way more interesting the oh. thing i'm up to is when it's the set of tapings just before sorry just after i guess rude had left wwf because he was in 1990 mm -hmm. um, and herb advertised him herb said yeah rick rude's gonna be here and WF went, not only is that not happening, it can't happen because he's under contract to us for another year. And he's kept mm -hmm. on doing it. And that's way more interesting than seeing, you know, Wild Things Steve Ray wrestle Ricky Attacky for 10 minutes. <laughs> Who was the guy that Herb apparently wanted Steve Williams to, to legitimately shoot on? Wild Things Steve that, Ray. That was, uh, it was, it was Steve, Steve Ray, wasn't Ray. it? Because apparently he'd slept with his wife. Yeah. And he said he paid off Dr. Death to go break his legs. And Dr. Death went up to Steve though. Ray and went, let's just work snug and we'll split the money. Clever man. So, <laughs> Tom Mann talked about working, and I hope he's on that bloody show, God. But he talked about 
working for Herb and he didn't get paid the amount he said. But Herb had put them up in a nice hotel and he suspected he wasn't going to get paid for it. So he just ordered room service all night and then Herb had to pay for it the next day. <laughs> <laughs> so he got his money's worth. I was like, oh, that's, you know, that's clever. The stories I love hearing about this business. Oh, there you go. Going to the, going to the war dance. The engine's running. <laughs> oh, for, we forgot to rate Razor versus Diesel. Um, how did you guys find that match? Good. I mean, star-wise. Oh, oh sorry. Uh, two and three quarter. I'm going to say... I, I imagine what is what Dave's going to say. I'm going to say he gave it three. Three? Yeah. Two and three quarters it was. Oh! Yes, I know my Dave. <laughs> I'm a little Dave. higher than that, but... It's going to say, they worked well, they worked good for WF, but it wasn't. Kawada! <laughs> this is the Dave I know, I know. This is the Dave I know. <laughs> These are the Daves of our life. <laughs> Davey Meltzer, I hardly know him. Awkward pause. <laughs> Born on a mountaintop in 83. <laughs> I bet he was. Davey Meltzer. <laughs> Sorry. What the hell was that? <laughs> oh, God. What was that supposed to be? <laughs> Hated Moxley Omega because of too much blood. But then he gave it four and a half stars instead of a dud. Dave Meltzer. <laughs> oh, hang on. I'm sorry to break the Dave Meltzer song, but here comes oh, no. trouble. Spelt Ted. Here comes the star of the show. And I don't mean Anna J. <laughs> DiBiase, Million Dollar Man brings out a cheap duffel bag. Yeah, I was going to say. Like, oh. You can like Volkov's uh, gears in there. <laughs> Could you not have brought out a briefcase? Like the duffel bag? Are you kidding me? Was it a $15,000 slam match? Oh, well, it's a schoolboy, but... Hey, he just took advantage of it. How dare you uh, assume Ave American Lex Luger? <laughs> that, that works, right? I mean, it's technically, he was born in America. <laughs> he's an so he's American made. Yeah. So what am I... Am I Native American then? I was born in New Jersey. Mate, yeah. you are a Native American. New Jerseyan. Well, okay, just clarifying. I don't know what if you are, you're not, but you give me the big little horn. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think that proves that Luger hasn't sold out the corporation. And by corporation, we mean Ted Turner in a year's time. <laughs> And by sold out, we mean he told them they were leaving. And, and by sold out, we mean lousy Saturday pay-per-view. <laughs> Wait a minute, lads! What's this? What? Tatanka! What are you doing? Damn it. Custer was right. She's <laughs> <laughs> making an Atari game about that. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, his deadly maneuver. The Samoan drop. End of the trail. <laughs> <I'm> forget- 
Guys, ridiculous or something. drop. Matt, if this was happening at Bum. North, if this was happening at North, we'd be selling this like it was the end of days. <laughs> exactly. Uh, the movie or the move? Bit of both. <laughs> no, not a second. Damn you, Tatanka! Damn you! You're gonna kill him. <laughs> Damn it! If you do it again, it's gonna be pissing it. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's gonna be pissing <laughs> blood. <laughs> It's recent Twitter signer upper and recent WWE employee Mike Kyoto. <laughs> oh. 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 <laughs> I wish he'd sold out. <laughs> and there's Tim White. He's been dead for 15 years, allegedly. <laughs> he got better. <laughs> he got better. <laughs> he, got, he wasn't. He wasn't dead. He was just sick. It was kind of a yo-yo existence. <laughs> I didn't fool oh, anybody else, but I fooled you because you were playing along. <laughs> I didn't sell out. I bought in. See, this was the start of something. They could have had something with the tanker here. It could have had him if he come out and saw. That's right, I sold out. You know, my reservation now has a brand new casino. Thanks to Ted DiBiase, only at that. But instead, he came out looking and acting and dressed exactly the same as he always bloody was. He was already stale by this point. It was almost as bad as Ricky Morton joined the York Foundation and wouldn't shave the mullet. Exactly. He needs to be like Duggan when he joined Team Canada. And he showed oh, up one day, he shaved man. his beard, he cut his hair, and wore a suit, and no one in the roster knew who he was until he started talking. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone thought Jonathan Winters. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Luger, who is dead from two Samoan drops. It's, it's before or after the. Oh, I must be before, obviously, that Tatanka had the the feud of his life with IRS when mm-hmm. Tatanka was getting a ceremonial headdress from. Is it Wahoo McDaniel? Yes, Wahoo. Chief J. <laughs> Wahoo and Chief J. Wahoo, yeah, both of them. So you had the situation where legit shoot Native American Tatanka is be given the ceremonial headdress by two Italians. <laughs> well, no. Well, no, Wahoo was legit. Wahoo was legit. Oh, Wahoo was legit. Oh, sorry. But Strongbow wasn't, and he he looked like that uh, meme of the puppet (laughs) monkey looking left to right. (laughs) (laughs) I give you a diss on behalf of my tribe. It was Wahoo's best moment since taking part in the AWA practice serial challenge. (laughs) Five years earlier. Oh, no. Speaking of Herb... Speaking of Herb and you do, he has the audacity to book Chief J Strongbow Jr. And the junior is so small. It's smaller than the if in the OJ Simpson, if I did it. (laughs) (laughs) Chief J Strongbow Jr. I'm that we were screaming to put the money in his mouth. (laughs) tries to sell with the oh! <laughs> 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 and he's still this is this this is dragging on a bit now lads oh god <laughs> as I said I'm just keep kicking him you've already given him two Samoan drops the man's basically dead 
is this the Call of Hawk Classic Raw Review, or is it the Rise and Fall of Lex Luger? The time I've been doing for the past year and a half. I feel like it's been the Rise and Fall of Lex Luger for the last year and a half. It was just one year ago that he was talking about who is Lex Luger? And he's the guy on the mat with money in his mouth who wants to leave. When Luger left, he defected. After telling them that he was no longer under contract and it, it expired, and he says, I'm leaving. But we'll ignore all that to paint him as a bad guy. You can learn more, you can learn more about that on War Stories. Now available on YouTube on the Call to Hulk channel. Hey, ding, 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 ding. Sounds ding. like a nice idea. Nice plug. Thank Cry you. for the Indians. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, this gorilla with oh, the red phone! Oh. Hello, is that Batman? <laughs> <laughs> a phone and a microphone. <laughs> He's taking no chances, isn't he? The first recording got lost. The phone crashed. <laughs> I'd call that phone line to chat to Gorilla Monsoon. Maybe he is Batman. I think he is Batman, you know. I'm Batman! <laughs> the best thing <laughs> The best single is the silhouette of a correctly applied abdominal stretch. Carries <laughs> <laughs> it, it with him everywhere he goes. <laughs> he, flies in, he flies into where there's crime happening and just goes, Will you stop? <laughs> he shoots up on the roof. I'll have you thrown out of here in a moment. This place is jammed back to the rafters. <laughs> He's there telling he's there telling shareholders, yeah, we thought Naked 333 to third would do better. We're sorry. <laughs> Hooray, it's Jeffrey. Incidentally, if you're watching along with us, just a quick time check. Matthew, what time are you on? 1-12-06-07-08. Oh, God, it's Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> <laughs> that is Timmy Mallet. You can't tell me with a straight face that I didn't <laughs> it's Wackaday. <laughs> and we're wide awake. Come along and get set, go! As long as Jeff Jarrett was around, it wasn't the girls that were the uh, piss break match. It was Jarrett's match. Jarrett was the piss break. I am P I double S. Is Jarrett the most bland, competent wrestler ever? For someone so bland, he's very colourful. I would not describe him as bland, to be honest with you. I think Jeff Jarrett gets a rough break from people. However, I'm going to stop that defence because I've realised what match is coming up. And <laughs> Hey! It's the box of neon crayons match. <laughs> this is the do not adjust your contrast turn down. match. Yeah, I was about to say, yeah. The killer of TVs. <laughs> Not since Crush versus Doink at WrestleMania 9 has there been such a match. See, my go-to match is Macho versus Warrior at SummerSlam 92. Oh, Lordy hell. There should be like a, a new montage, like, like bizarre color scheme matches from both guys. There's definitely a role where Jeff Jarrett takes on Doink, and that's when Jeff Jarrett was going through the really crazy colors. Like Test Pattern Jarrett. <laughs> It's got a tanker shirt on. Oh, I'm, I'm going to look so miserable. It's why he's covered in tears now. 
He's got a single tear going down his. T- oh, <laughs> is that a piece of? Is that a corn on the cob that he's singing into? <laughs> well, it's my, my fan. It, it looks. It just looks like corn on the cob then. That's that's the least ridiculous bit about him. It's shakes when you put D batteries on it. <laughs> well, I think I think I got reported in the Wrestling Observer was that it was supposed to be one two three kid versus Jared at this, but one two three kids out with a that neck injury that will plague him for the next twenty years. Uh, and then someone reported to Dave said, no, 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 that Mabel versus Jared was always the plan. So well, they know. had an out there. <laughs> You see, this is, this is an unsolved mysterious thing then, because obviously some places, some sources reported this was meant to be Jarrett versus the kid. I've heard this was meant to be Jarrett versus Doink. Right. Well, the taboo well, Tuesday shows Mabel, so... Mm. There's a clown there, for sure. But... Hey! <laughs> now the and the build-up to this, I've only, I only saw the super... Uh, yeah, superstars before some are starting to build up the hype. I have been watching the Raws every week. Uh, is there any reason for this match? Uh, it's, it's just rap versus country, really. Oh, that's pretty much it. Um, <laughs> but, but that's well, something, actually, that's something actually, that Justin is adding. That's not something they've told us. Oh, well, no, actually, actually, there is a bigger reason for this match. In all honesty, um, the winner gets to be the third man in the NWO in '96. Ah. <laughs> uh. Right, Dave? If Mabel had joined the NWO, then Jeff Jarrett was going to get that apocalypse stable with, what was it, Benoit, Eddie? And Pillman. And Pillman, that was it. I guess the, the few with the horsemen, like all the wonderful theoretical booking over the years. That's right, all the teases we've had uh they would all form together to get ready for Yokozuna to come in. All of the stuff that you two are dropping here are bombshells to me. Is Was Mabel meant to be the third man? No, it was just... Oh, no, this has become a, a running joke. Right. Because, do you want to do it? You, you do it, Justin. Oh, yeah, pretty much. I think mean, you're just speculating names you could join the NWO, like XWBF guys who would fit in with the whole, you know, we are taking over motif and... Mabel and Jarrett were free agents in '96, and 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 history has spun it. I think Bischoff has a big part in this of saying, "But Meltzer said Mabel's going to be the third man." <laughs> obviously, he was wrong, so you can't trust Meltzer. Like, like I never never said any such thing. I just said he could have been a possibility, was all it was. Yeah, and he's made shirts of it. He <laughs> yeah. says Mabel was the third man, and I believe uh, Bischoff came to Newcastle a year or two years ago. And that was a nice leg drop punch thing there from Jared. I don't know what the hell that was, but good job, Paul. And I asked, uh, what, where did that come from? And he went, well, he he wrote down, according to him, he wrote down, that Russian Observer thing that he does, mm-hmm. that Mabel was suspected to be the third guy. And, I, and he says, well, who said that? He says, he's reporting what some guy may have just said in passing to him, that may be happening, but then he puts it in print, and suddenly it's truth. And of course it wasn't. It was never an idea for Mabel to come in and replace Hogan. Well, that's it. If, if, if Hogan can't do it, it's going to be Mabel. And he's just joking about it like relentlessly. Um, and he does have a point. But these, these valid criticisms that people like Pritchard and Bischoff have, 
are only uh, relevant to a few of the things that Melter does and says. This does not then say, well, everything else he prints is wrong, because mm. that's obviously not the case. But mm. anyway. Thank you. One give an inch, I'll take a mile. That's how it is. If I had to, you know, downplay some of the stuff that Melter got wrong, I would focus on the the one out of ten stories he gets wrong or he's had a bad source and go, look at this idiot. If I had any sense, I would do that. But And I'll probably talk about Meltzer during a live watch-along of SummerSlam 94 rather than watch this, because even though I like Jared, <laughs> just like, what the hell is this doing on pay-per-view? Jared with a cookie and a clutch? I can't have oh, no, no, no. You're watching uh, SmackDown you. 2000. We're going to have to just check if that's a, a legal choke or not. <laughs> we'll have to check on Tuesday, won't we, man? Yeah, and see how over he is. Oh, you know, it was illegal. Sorry, Taz. <laughs> I can't help but feel that Hogan would have been all right with Mabel being the third man. I love Mabel's. And I, he still did that as Viscera. He did. He did. Oh, boy. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, <laughs> God. It's the knuckleball. Oh, God. Uh, it's the MVP, Abe Knuckleball Schwartz. One, two, three. Oh. He's knuckleball. Take he never me out to the rolls with no crowds. <laughs> <laughs> Take me out to the high school gym. <laughs> Take me to Buy me some peanuts and Cracker Jack. Brett's carrying this promotion on his back for it. <laughs> <laughs> Abe just <laughs> dropping some truth bombs whilst he's singing. Hey, that's illegal. Is that DQ? Yeah, what's that? Hang on. Get in there. Pattern, sort it out. Yeah, this is WCW. I, want... I know they're working, but I would not want Mabel to avalanche me into the bear post like that no, ever. Absolutely not. I would die. It's good to see that Mabel still had time. Uh, to make it to some of some 94 hours after his visit to Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory. <laughs> <laughs> after his visit to the afterlife, because he apparently died. Yeah. Yeah, after this, the, the Dumbledore's came and rolled him back in to get some more squeezing. <laughs> so it's Jared Veruca Salt. <laughs> well, he's definitely salty, that's for sure. Hey! <laughs> hey! <laughs> But it was on the uh, it was on our SmackDown podcast, wasn't it, Matt? Where we talked about how there was a rumor during the rounds that Viscera Nelson Fraser had died. The rumor that was so yes. strong that WWF office rang him <laughs> to see if he was still alive. Thank God, dead and loving it. Oh, that was it. That was it. Well, and Jeff getting the sneaky pin, so he still has some. Momentum, I guess, or whatever. And uh, okay. for the last two matches, how did, how did they find them? Start building to Tonka. A star and a half. No, um, I reckon, I reckon one star. Matthew's technically right because he said two stars, but half a star for the match and the rest for the angle. So, you get, so the angle guy, one and a half stars. Oh, yay! And, and, and Jerry and Fisk. Well, Jerry, you don't need to run that fast. <laughs> Second time tonight that the faces run off the heels. Wait, he's, he's, left, he's just left Mo. <laughs> <laughs> Sod Mo. Oh, what do I do? <laughs> I wanted to see Mo do like a roll under the door as it was closing. 
<laughs> like Indiana Jones. Yeah. Oh god. And he reaches through and grabs his mic. Oh no. Oh no. Oh Jesus Christ, no. It's more to be in the ring and be like, uh, yeah, I was in Naked Gun too. <laughs> With Gule. <laughs> that should have been a raw guest host. Will Ferrell as Robert Gule. Oh, I love that bit so much. Oh. Not not this bit I'm watching now, but the Robert no. Goulet bit. No, no, don't show, don't tell anyone I'm here. Don't tell anyone I'm here. It's was, that, was that duffel bag full of money that Ted DiBiase has? That's, that's what they're looking for. This is just Panto. <laughs> this is just W. This Quick, Leslie, we get it. See, that's why um, that's why Mr. Kennedy feud with Undertaker because he's getting revenge for his for his uncle George. Hey. <laughs> That was a proper British panto moment, that was. He's behind you! He's behind wow. you! Don't do that film for money. No, I definitely didn't hear that. <laughs> of course you can't find it. Who, who assigned Mr. Magoo to look for something? <laughs> I, liked when they, I liked when they put the cameras on and the lights on and Leslie Nielsen waved them off as if to go, don't tell anyone I'm here! <laughs> I'm embarrassed enough as it is. Oh, are we at the main event already? Oh, there's towards two matches and still to come. We should get a flashback to the night that yeah. the night that Keith Hart. Yeah. There's an hour and a bloody Keith half Hart. left, is it? Oh, I can't be right. One match is over a half hour. Oh, okay. Uh, Fair enough. Pan- anyway, is is the thing I remember the two things that happened on the show, and in fairness, what a great build. Oh, what yeah. a stunning, beautifully done human feud that had no place in this period of time of wrestling. Well, we've just had Leslie Nielsen chase the Undertaker, and then, oh, here we go! <laughs> it's legendary feud, which sadly couldn't draw... Oh, I can't think of an offensive way of saying that. Um, couldn't draw flies if it was covered in fecal matter? Yeah, there we go. And to demonstrate how dead the Brett versus Owen program really was, they managed to set all-time lows at Madison Square Garden, Nassau, and the Meadowlands, all in one three-day stint from the 25th to just two days before this event, with estimates at 4,000, 2,500, and 2,000, respectively. So it's well, such that creatively and uh, work ratedly, whatever, mm-hmm. uh, this was one of the best things he ever did. It just wasn't drawing on the house shows. Uh, it was a downtime. It wasn't just them. They had to contend with, you know, the the black cloud that was a steroid trial. No Hogan, who's obviously the, the big draw for many years. It was can't blame these guys. I mean, I don't want to. I love Brett, as we all know, but he's a big draw internationally. Yeah, they should, they should have done this in Germany. Yeah, because as we all know, because what does Norm say? We need Smith to call an international incident. Bruce Reeves to take his sunglasses off at the airport and leave a big brouhaha. Gets detained. That's right. Want... All Germans love Bret Hart. <laughs> so I'm sorry. I'm sorry for not finishing that for you. <laughs> sorry. I want to the chemistry sure. we have on the show. <laughs> also, before this pay per view. Randy Savage and several WF superstars, including Shawn Michael, Diesel, Razor Ramon, Bark, and the One Two Three Kid, took part in a charity softball match against the Chicago Media All Stars. 
The WF Superstars won the game 9-7 with Savage showcasing his old baseball skills by hitting a home run. So, so wait, the media managed to score seven runs on a on the wrestlers. Apparently, some somehow the, the Chicago All Stars of uh, Mongo McMichael, Walter Payton. Oh, wow. No, I'm making this up. I have no idea. Sorry, oh. I was just naming Chicago people. Got, got my hopes up. Sorry. Um, um the also Al from Chicago, Al Capone. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there's 14 less fans of the show because they Al Capone. Al Kelly. <laughs> Tommy's still there. I'm still here. Um, I Sorry, I got distracted. Oh, hi, it's me. Uh, during this part of the watch along, we had a little bit of technical difficulty. So it's a bit quiet at the moment. So we'll let you just watch a little bit more of SummerSlam 94. And, uh, and I, I, I'd love to be able to tell you what point I think we're at, but deep into the editing process and uh, I've not been paying much attention. I'm sure Matt and Justin have, have said some really interesting things. I'm sure what you're looking at right now is really interesting. I think, you think is it the Owen Hart, Bret Hart match build now? Something like that. Um, hope you're doing all right. Thanks for, uh, thanks for downloading this. Nice to have you there. And, um, yeah, all good. Uh, I have to keep this in because otherwise you lose um, time and it all gets a bit confusing on the watch along. So I think now we can cross back to live action. We talk about Owen Hart for you. I'm oh, sorry, we got to talk about Bruce Hart though. We got to talk about Bruce, who oh, absolutely, who basically hijacked Raw on this particular night. I've heard OSW talk about this morning, but I. God, he was stunning. Yeah, whoop. Quickly wipe out of that one. <laughs> I think he was told to go out there and maybe just disagree with Owen, but he talked so long they had to cut away. This was fiery and passionate. It was fiery and passionate. There you go. That cage is to keep Bruce out. <laughs> we built a cage just to cut a promo. We're live inside the building where they haven't turned the lights on yet. Speaking quietly in case Bruce shows up. <laughs> <laughs> You guys in a match? No, Bruce. Oh, oh God, who, who rang him? I rang you your house. Wrestling? I rang your house oh. three hundred times. You weren't home. I assumed you'd be here. In a cage. <laughs> I'm in a rage. I want Owen in a cage. <laughs> Look, Bruce Hart. The, the myth around it. Where's his dark side of the ring? <laughs> well, I think, you know, um, frankly, the winner of Brett versus Owen should be uh, Bruce. <laughs> it's one of my favorite stories. We've mentioned it a couple of times on the Classic Raw Review. It's one of my favorite stories where Bruce went to Vince and went, hey, I've had an idea. How about me and Brett feud? And Vince went, that's a great idea. We're going to make one tiny adjustment to this, though. Um, it's going to be Brett and Owen. <laughs> And not you. And Bruce was livid with Brett and Owen for ages. I can't believe they picked the people that had headlined WrestleMania and King of the Ring over me, Bruce Hart. <laughs> the Frank Stallone of the Hart family. <laughs> the Stephen Baldwin of the Hart family. And, and the man whose promo went too long and had to be edited was... You guessed it. Yeah. Bruce Hart. Bruce Hart. <laughs> yeah. 
keep it normal. Bruce is the very reason why the phrase "give an inch, they take a mile" <laughs> was born. <laughs> All right, Stu's here. Oh God, Stu's Stu's been animated for the night. <laughs> they've, de- they've defrosted oh. Stu. <laughs> The heart section's in the same spot as the heel section from TNA. That is that's very much planned. What's uh, what's Stu thinking here, Justin? Uh, Come on. Um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Making Bruce look like a whore. <laughs> God, just. We have some more paneling over the weekend. Uh, <laughs> Dungeon, uh, uh, old Pelican Warren, I wanted to buy one of the Razor Ramon shirts and uh, use it as a night shirt. Uh, <laughs> why does uh, Davy Boy look like that? Uh, why is there a drug there's, policy? There's a heart with it! <laughs> <laughs> oh no, no, Lola, get the mug away from Bruce. <laughs> it's like putting your fingers Bruce, in the tiger cage. <laughs> now, Bulldog is, is, with, is with the wives of. Because his hair and the way he looks, it's kind of like the. I like the aesthetic. I get why he's with the wives of. Ways, uh, ways. Why is Davy in here like uh, Gloria Estefan? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Who's zooming? Who? Tom, you couldn't hear it, but Lola just went so stuttering. John, why are you here? <laughs> <laughs> I'm here to <laughs> to to seek out a title shot. <laughs> why is not her wearing the fiend's pants? <laughs> <laughs> I want to hang out with I the guy go, behind. Look who it him. is! I want to hang out with the guy behind him. Thumbs up, man. Yeah. <laughs> They, they had to go, look who's behind him. It's that famous Hart family member. And Bruce got really excited. And he went, Jim the Anvil Neidhart. He's <laughs> <laughs> sticking his fingers up behind him. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> That's it. Have my child, Jim. Have my child. <laughs> Take this child as payment. <laughs> Look at this guy standing Deadlift, up. my child. Yes, I am at the wrestling. <laughs> I have some thoughts. I have some thoughts, Vince. Vince, Vince, Vince. Vince, ask me a question. He's one of the bigger, but he had to get it. Bruce, for God's sake. Kevin doing and cut away from Bruce. <laughs> Do not even make eye contact with Bruce. They put one of his horse blankets over Bruce here. We got to wear this for the rest of the show. Like <laughs> him up like the elephant man. Oh, <laughs> Bruce, mate, turn round. This ain't your moment. <laughs> That's it. Look at the cage. Look at the cage. Interview the cage. <laughs> was, was Hunter's my time? Oh, no, oh, no. Oh, Bruce. God. Even Keith is going, Bruce, mate. You, oh, he's too late. <laughs> you couldn't see it was off camera. Bruce had a gun on him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Bruce. All right, Bruce. That's it. He's still going. He's still going. Dog day after Bruce. <laughs> He's still going. It just went, yeah, tell us what you think, and then walked away. <laughs> <laughs> tell your story walking. <laughs> I, 
I should probably Ellie's there, but she's not sitting next to her husband. That's that's weird. They've had a fallout. <laughs> well, they might have. So they sort of accommodate Bruce. Just Bruce is like, I want to sit near the side. Do you know what, Bruce? Whatever, mate. We just, just we're sick of you. You're hard work. Just be, sit wherever you want to sit. We don't care. <laughs> Kill the cage. I hit the Bruce bomb off the top. <laughs> yeah, sure, Bruce. Whatever, mate. Just, just. Le, le, le... <laughs> The, the, the Bruce de Rougeau. <laughs> Le bomb de douche. <laughs> bomb de douche fromage. Uh, <laughs> the Bruce is loose. <laughs> we joke now, but there's a. But this is going to be a great match coming up. Yeah, thank God. Oh. Bruce get involved. Eventually. That belt suits Brett so much. It does in those shoulder pads. Oh, man. Oh. just great there. God, they're nice. I am, a, I, am, I am a fan of this aesthetic. Wet-haired, big-padded <laughs> champion Brett. He just looks like the guy. <laughs> it's a strong look. We're in stunned silence now. Because we're all thinking about what we do on a date with Brett. <laughs> with Bruce. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's like a childhood game. Would you sleep with Bruce just to shake hands with Brett? Oh. And I'd be like, yeah. yeah. I don't know if I would. I just think he'd be hard work. I think he'd be really needy. I think. Would you let... I think I think you'd I think you'd you'd delete him off Grinder as you left, and you'd Ooh, just be... in front of him. No, no, no. As I'm shutting the door, I delete him off Grinder. But then he he put a load of like vague tweets about you for a couple of days, and you just Ooh, you just, you just yeah. couldn't be arsed with him. He's telling you every person he's ever had sex with. <laughs> It's a romantic comedy. Must love sunglasses. It's <laughs> like things I like. It just says me. <laughs> <laughs> Ten things I like about Bruce. Hmm? Try and get this Nielsen books for Brucey movie. <laughs> He'll do it. Do you think Bruce invented yeah. the selfie before Sonny Ono did? Yeah. Let me take a Brucey. No, it would have been called a Brucey. <laughs> Apparently that's a cage that was made out of recycled baseball bats. For real? My favorite cage. Yes. Can I give you? I know neither of you are soccer fans, but can I give you my favorite well, soccer fact? Go on. Connected to this. Go ahead. So the arches over Wembley, the home of SummerSlam. Obviously they rebuilt Wembley since then, but the arches over mm. Wembley were built by a construction folk from the northeast of England. And inside the arches over Wembley, they have stuffed Middlesbrough FC tops all along the all along the top. So nah. Middlesbrough are always at Wembley, which is cute. Nice. Only, only, and I'm sure many people have already said it, but that's as close as they'll get to playing at Wembley. Well, no, that was the thing. As, as, <laughs> as, as funny oh. as that is. Like a few years ago, they were in the playoffs at Wembley, and and when we found this out, we like, that's a sign. That's a sign. <laughs> Thank you, Matthew. I mean, they I mean they lost, but it was a sign that 
God, I didn't even know that. Yeah, Thank you, Tom. That is, that is a hell of a fact, actually. That is cool. They were in the playoffs at Wembley, mm. and they still lost, regardless. Yeah, suck it, Walter Payton. We, I'm just checking the time on on this, and I know we're thinking, like, hang on, there's only like two big matches to go. Yeah. I think that we've had about 20 minutes, 25 minutes without a match. Yeah, been a lot of lot of build, a lot of chatter. What have we managed to talk? I think we talked about more wrestling during those 20 minutes than the rest of the show combined. Yeah, we spent five minutes talking about Bruce on Grinder, at the very least. By the way. Uh, a quick thing here, Owen Hart's music, it's mm-hmm. its very catchy and everything, doesn't really scream bad guy main event and everything, but that's beside the point. Mm-hmm. As someone pointed out to me a while ago on Twitter, why does it sound exactly the same as I Want to Be a Hulkamaniac? Because Jimmy Hart wrote both songs. Uh-huh. Oh, did he? Yes. If, if you listen carefully, the melody is the same as Suicide Blonde by NXS. Oh... And also, well, subliminally, subliminally, Owen Hart probably did want to be a Hulkamaniac since Hulk hated his brother so much. Well, correct. Since his brother hated oh. Hulk so much. And it took me years to realize that Brett's song is basically just a redo of um, Living on a Prayer. It is. Which? Well, this one. Yeah. I mean, not the, 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 no. the, the part. That, I mean, not that part, but the da, da, you kind of hear that. We got a hold. Oh God! Yeah, we've really got to hold on what we've got, Bruce. Which is, you know, Brett. <laughs> you realise it a bit it when you watch. It doesn't make um... a difference if you submit or not. <laughs> we got each other, each other, and we're going to work for Eric. Whoa, whoa! You're not getting a shot. <laughs> we're halfway there. Uh, oh. oh. Magical Hulk's not going to happen. <laughs> Vitamins and prayers. Whoa. We're nowhere near. Whoa. John. Vitamins and prayers. John, Brett. Brett Jovi. <laughs> it's Rockstar Spuds theme music on the Indies. Take my hand and I'll stab you in the back. Whoa. Vitamins and prayers. That kid doesn't want your glasses. Smith, how many kids do you have? Let me eat them. That kid is... Let me eat the power of Bret Hart's glasses. That kid is now Teddy Hart. How many kids do you have? Six-ish. That kid, by the Um, way, is not Teddy Hart. He's matured a lot since then. (laughs) (laughs) Right, I'm going to confess, as being a bigger Bret fan as I am, I've never really enjoyed this match as much as everyone else seems to. Uh, I see a lot of people rate this five stars and say it's the best cage match ever. Maybe watching it with you two gentlemen will change my opinion today. Well, let's find out together. Time check, Justin Henry, please. Uh, I'm, the ba- I'm, the, I'm the worst person to ask because for some reason my network glitches now. Okay. And when I hit pause and, and I hit play again, well, should I give you a time? time should I give you a time? Um, um, well, good, one yeah. hour 40, uh, sorry, one hour 41 and two, three, four, five. Very nice. There you go. Thank you very much. I, I just realized, Tom, uh, for, all, for all times you've introed me on this show, this is our first time watching a Blue Bar Cage match together. Oh, it is in here. Oh, mate. You are now Special the occasion. bear in the Big Blue Bar Cage talking about a Big Blue Bar Cage. Yes, and, and, and Bruce is unbearable. <laughs> hey. I do miss the Blue Bar Cage. It's a great look. It's so cool. It's something very, very animated about it, and I've really, I always loved the blue bar cage. 
It's better than the red mesh Hell in a Cell, say that. Uh, better than most things. Just a cool blue bar cage to settle the differences. I don't mind the red bar Hell in a Cell, but with the red bar Hell in a Cell and the red light over the top of it. Well, that was well, that was a tribute to the Kenny Rogers chicken episode of Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> wow, where'd that come from? Well, it's the first thing oh, I think that's a nice push there. Like... Owen uh, knocked him down but holding him with his tights. Sorry, I thought I'd say something good about the wrestling. <laughs> like when Andre would choke somebody with it with his own singlet. <laughs> oh, that was always a cool move, but it was. Oh, right within the DDT and the tribute to everyone who, who got that move on, on the Raw video game except for him. <laughs> I, I punched the air when I figured I had to do a DDT when I played Steel Cage Challenge the other day. Oh, God, what are you doing? Oh, good, that's what I want to see. <laughs> Animated stew. Come on, Brett, I guess. Yeah, 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 you can hit him harder than that. Uh, he's made a sturdier uh, material. It's a good shot, though, because you can't see the strings holding them up. <laughs> like we- weekend at stews. <laughs> Spitting image. <laughs> yeah, I'm not dead. I'm just playing a character. <laughs> Don't hold my shirt. I've used this phrase a lot in, uh, I think in this podcast and throughout the day alone uh, I don't know why I'm just obsessed at the moment but you know what I'm gonna this is my hot take for, for wrestling right my wrestling hot take the Hart family are hard work they look like hard work like yeah, you've got they're all so tightly like tightly highly strung and just serious and I just I, honest to God, I couldn't be asked for them. <laughs> I love Brett and I love Owen, but they all look so serious. They all look like hard work. There's a story from when Brett faced Vince at Mini 26 when they had like this big uh, production meeting with like the entire Hart family. And, and it, was, it was like Vince, Hunter, and Sean for some reason. I, I guess just a stir, whatever. And all the Hearts are going to be involved because um, they were all lumberjacks for that match, if you, if you remember. Yes, I do. And, uh, I think Natty and Tyson Kidd told the story on Jericho's podcast years later. Said apparently the hearts were just like such an embarrassment during that um, meeting. Like like Bruce trying to make suggestions for himself, like he always does. <laughs> and, and 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 Allison like demanding like, like food or whatever. And they're, they're, they're like there's like so um, out of touch with like the reality of the situation. Brett had to yell at Bruce in front of everyone. He said Vince was amused by the whole thing. <laughs> uh, Do you think Vince did that, that, that deliberately? Yeah, Bro. you know what? Yeah. Brett, we'll make this match special. How's that, Vince? We'll bring your whole fam. No, 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 it's okay. It's okay. It's, okay. it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> well, well, wait up, Bruce. Once we get involved all the time, we'll, we'll get him involved with this. Like... <laughs> I love the idea of Bruce shouting at... Uh, uh, Brett shouting at Bruce, though. <laughs> Bruce! <laughs> sit down! <laughs> well, that's another idea! <laughs> Shut up, man! Is it Bruce like pitching ideas for the future, like, like, like have him involved in an angle with Batista or something? And had to that up. No idea. Never There's no such thing as bad ideas unless they're Bruce's ideas. <laughs> and then I cash in money in the bank the next day. <laughs> he books himself so often. I'm surprised his name's not Mary Bruce. 
Actually, I want Bruce in this match now. Sod it. <laughs> and then, and then after a year of being AJ Lee's boyfriend, what I do next is. <laughs> I know everybody gets on Triple H in his early years for being like very, very self-centered. Imagine if Bruce had married Steph. <laughs> that picture that someone photoshopped of Triple H holding all the belts, that would have been real. <laughs> it's all about the game. I'm going to be called the game and Stone Cold and the Phenom and the Legend Killer and the Animal. <laughs> and the People's Champion. <laughs> and I could be on I'm going to be the Legend and, and the Legend Killer. I'll also have access to a time machine. <laughs> If he had his way, the tonight's main event would be Bruce Hart versus Ted DiBiase's Bruce Hart. He's <laughs> <laughs> just finally walking on his knees. I'll play both. <laughs> it's a one-man show. <sighs> the crowd love it. Bro, I love it. Bruce Hart's book is called Bruce on Bruce. It shows Bruce cuddling with Bruce. Oh, <laughs> I heart. We need to talk about Bruce. <laughs> so what we're saying is that Bruce Hart was full of himself. A little bit, yeah. This is a good cage match. <laughs> <laughs> See, see, and then Bruce had a point now. Because here, Brett and Owen doing the best they can to entertain this crowd. But all we can talk about is they, Bruce. Yeah, so if he'd run in, I guess we'd have loved it. Underrated. Do you know what? There's the, there's only one heart I'd want to go for a pint with, and that's Keith. Because he's normal? He seems the most normal. I feel like I feel like, <laughs> I feel like me and Keith would go for a pint. And we'd sit there, and we'd go, cheers, ching, ching. And he'd just take, like, a big outtake of breath, like, oh, it's just, it's just good to oh. be out. <laughs> oh, and chip it up and do it out there was nice. But, I mean, I think someone said, like, of course Brett takes it seriously and the rest of them take it seriously. Uh, their dad is too hard. Yeah, that's true. You know, of course it's going to be. But then again, to make it more funny, uh, Razor Ramon had that story where Brett invited him to his house to some show and for like food and drink at another family and Razor was like wow that's that's a huge honor thank you very much I love that respect and he went to the the heart compound and he said there was a photo of Brett in in his gear in every single room in the house and he checked out his bedroom and there was a poster of Brett on the ceiling so when they were in bed and looked up there was Brett I want, I want that to be real. I also appreciate the fact that it's not a home, it's a compound. Yeah. <laughs> now, that was me saying that, by the way, Riz didn't say that. I know. <laughs> you know, in, in the heart compound in Waco. It's, it's the Brett Davidian. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The heart compound. Whose heart authority is not recognised in, in Fort Heart. As opposed to... As opposed to the, to the Bruce Davidian, where Bruce is trying to book how Janet Reno's going to take over. <laughs> All right, so then what happens is... You hey, put uh, tanks hey. in. <laughs> uh, Helen, why is the cage blue? <laughs> My eyes playing up again. Cold? <laughs> yeah, Does it, it give water damage? I don't know, I'm too busy crying. <laughs> <laughs> I can't see so anything darling. tears. 
Yeah, why are they trying to climb out? What kind of uh, crap is this? I mean, that, that is the great uh, misnomer about the cage match right there. Is that <laughs> it's meant to be the only way to settle a rivalry. Yeah, the only way to truly mm. defeat your opponent is to run away from them. Mm. I'm sure my Stuart impression is actually just Charles Bronson with a sore throat. <laughs> hey, uh, yeah. Chicken's good. I like chicken. Uh... <laughs> I wish I was dead. <laughs> I'm ready to go now. I'm surprised when they, I'm surprised when they put the microphone in front of Stu Hart. He goes, what do you think about this match, Mr. Stu Hart? And he goes, when are you going to pay me that $10 million you said you were going to pay me for Stampede uh, Wrestling? <laughs> There's Jim the Anvil Mindhearts seconds away through throwing a TV monitor at someone backstage. <laughs> That's what the cage is for, just in case you get this. I want to do it a second time. <laughs> Who's sitting behind Bruce? Yep. Oh. <laughs> no. He starts throwing TVs in. It looks like the ECW match where Terry Funk asks for a chair from the crowd. <laughs> he asks for a chair. He got 150 chairs. Wait, I just had a thought. If Nyhart was who, shouldn't Bruce have been why? <laughs> <laughs> or would he have been when? Do I need a mask? That's good. <laughs> Should I wear a mask? No, it's self-explanatory, Bruce. No, like I said, why is Bruce hot? That's what I'm telling you, Vince. <laughs> Where is Bruce hot? We I know the word. No. I know they're working, but that has to suck when your grundle's on the top bar and one guy's pulling your leg. That can't be you fun. Can't look after That's why mouth. I pulled your crotch out of your crotch. <laughs> <laughs> that bitch top bar. <laughs> Bruce Hart, with tears in his eyes, backstage <laughs> says, why was I not booked? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I hate this mate you say this about my childhood hero. It's not you, Jim. Could you imagine if if tell you what, Terrence Stamp's career would have been much better if he'd met Bruce Hart. Bruce would have shown him the lie. Hey oh, look, what you need to do is just interject yourself in stuff. <laughs> it's Bruce Hart, the human equivalent of it's better to seek forgiveness than ask permission. Did you say did you say Terence Stamp there? Did you mean Dennis Stamp? I did mean Dennis Stamp. <laughs> Terence Stamp. Yeah, that was. <laughs> I could have left that just hanging in the air. And I went, no, wait a minute, John. John, <laughs> I want <laughs> Terence Stamp as a wrestler. <laughs> and then Dennis Stamp as an Neil. actor. Look <laughs> <Walk> before Dennis. <laughs> Dennis. Oh, I'm left. Boom, Brett. Perhaps still left. <laughs> See that one story Terrence, Terrence Stamp had for doing Star Wars? Because he wasn't really into doing episode one of all the green screen and stuff, but he's like, ah. Someone said, look, just do it. It's Star Wars. You'll be known for it forever and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, all right, fine. And the reason he kept on doing it was because he got told that George Lucas, after everyone had done their acting, 
would give like this extravagant gift, these beautiful things for people. And he's like, well, you know what? Okay, I'm getting a little something, something. He respects the, the proper actors, like the Ten Stamps uh, doing stuff like Star Wars. All right. So he does on the green screen in front of, you know, oh, the Senate or whatever. And eventually, at the very end of it, he goes to his hotel room and there's a, there's a parcel in his bed. And he goes, oh, get in. What it's going to be? This extravagant, rich gift he shows his appreciation for Terence Stamp, this famous actor. And he opens it up, and it's a Star Wars episode one coloring book. Oh <laughs> no! Oh. You'd be gutted. Especially if you didn't have any crayons. Jar Jar Binks, orange. Well, I think Terence Stamp just coloured everything in brown and sent it back. <laughs> Is Owen about to become the WWF champion? Thank you. That would be lovely. Uh, they did film that uh, match, I'm not sure which it, where it was or where it aired, where it had Owen winning and holding the title up, and then the referee saw that Owen had in fact cheated, and then they would restart <laughs> the match and stuff just to apparently get some shots out to tease that Owen right. could possibly win this. Yep. Nice. I, I gotta say that with the, with, with the whole cage climb out thing, why does no one like ever wait for the front to get to the top of the cage and then just run out the door while they're up there? It's true. That would be a good finish. I'm not sure if I've seen that before. And also, when, when someone's grabbing your hair and you're on the cage and you come back in, why don't you just let go of the cage? Because there's no way they can hold your body weight from your hair. Because <laughs> Because it hurts. <laughs> I'd happily lose a big clump of hair to become the WWF champion. Like believe. Ventura pointed out in the Hogan Orndorff cage match when Hogan did the same thing in the Orndorff, like, if Orndorff were bald, he'd be the oh. champion right now. <laughs> One of my favorite calls of all time, then. Angle slam. Look at this. Oh, end of the trail. Yes. Damn you, Tatanka. Damn you, Sproul. That, that's right. What could have killed on hard push even more? I know, haven't joined the corporation. <laughs> it was the Dark Order for today. It really was. <laughs> Owen, come on, mate, win the title. That'd be lovely. I want to see those pictures now of Owen Hart with the WWF title. Well, the match is actually on Owen's DVD that everyone forgot was released because WWF... That we wouldn't advertise it because uh, Martha might get mad. But the end of that match is. Uh, oh, God. Cuts up, Bruce. Yeah, keep it like that the entire match, says Bruce. I wish there was like eight spitballs in the back of Bruce's hair from Nyhart, just like spitting on the entire show without him knowing it. <laughs> and he turns to look at Nyhart, you see them all. They're feuding because they can't decide what's better is it was it the golden girls was he better on <laughs> is is uh surf ninjas underrated <laughs> 2001 a bruce travesty oh no Got him by the greasy hair. So technically, Brett should slip out of that. Yeah. So Brett slicks his hair in order to uh, escape, his, escape the cage. It better. makes him pliant. 
Rick's a more aerodynamic. He shaved his head for this match to make it more aerodynamic. That's a throwback reference. It's a, it's a, it's a hell of a strategy by Chris Sprouls. That's right. Inventor of the Sprouls belly push. The, the And the clothesline from Hull. <laughs> uh. <laughs> See, you do commentary on the performance now, shows. Came through the crowd, didn't take him long. <laughs> yeah. Coming through the crowd, didn't take him that long. <laughs> it's quite nice because uh, there's a new uh, oh, uh, new, t- a new uh, Extreme Warfare game coming out forever. at the end of this month. Mm. So it's been nice to reconnect That's with right. some of my old friends from EWBattleground.com where that match mm-hmm. began its circulation. For those who uh, maybe we should explain where that, where that where these references come from. Um, nah. <laughs> <laughs> Bigger than Wigan is what we'll say. It's the the Bigger than Wigan. Greatest match of Good all time. Times. Good times. I like that now people still listen to watch Cultaholic still go, oh my god, you were the guy that did Bigger and Wigan? I remember popping math when I met him, which I've told the story several times about. Always make Yes, and I love it because Tom Campbell does my voice better than me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, Bigger and Wigan! <laughs> I've still got that saved almost. I don't think I'm ever deleting it. Which just sounds like. We should come to the three Matthews for a while. <laughs> oh, you're going to do me as well. <laughs> well, uh, I've done your voice a few times before. You sound like Slice the Lamb. Yo. He will get, he will get <laughs> a scavenger's funeral. <laughs> I'm Matthew when I'm above the law. <laughs> <laughs> Do you like how, of all the, of all the, the movies that Sly Stallone has done in his entire illustrious <laughs> career, we've quoted Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 and Judge Dredd. <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't, remember, I couldn't remember anything from Stop on My Baby's Little Shoe. Oh, it's not how hard you get hit. The night was, it's the how night hard you was, can get hit and keep watching this crappy wrestling. <laughs> the night was humid. Uh-huh. It's not about how badly you make a Botchamania video. It's about making 400 of the exact same. <laughs> Consistency and persistency. Thank you. And that was nice. I could see why I didn't rave about this match for ages. It's not necessarily a bumpy, bump, bump streak. Like, whatever. It's just two men doing their best to simulate trying to get out of a cage and doing it very well. And as you can see here, Owen going for Brett's foot, I believe, because someone sprayed perfume on it. <laughs> That just died on the vine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, I got a seed. Why don't you go get some scissors? A sand? <laughs> Why don't you get some scissors? Is this on? Hello? <laughs> I gotta say, to the point Matthew's making before about how it's more about the attempted escapes than, than, than being the bumpy bum match. I think it's actually a problem like, like a lot of criticisms today. Is like, a match can be great if, if you're into who wins and who loses, but mm. if you're only watching for like, for like the excitement of the bumps and the creativity, then you might be disappointed more often than not. It's 
Right. Yeah. What you said, Justin, because I've seen so many cage matches, which are, they might as well just call them nowadays, see a guy jump off the top of the cage and then somebody will interfere and whatever, completely nullify the entire point of it. These two guys are wrestling like it's a cage match and mm-hmm. it's great. Look at him. He's like, like Owen jumping there. Like, Bret Hart, the wrestling is if whoever doesn't get out of the cage is getting shot in the head immediately after this mm-hmm. match. Yeah, it's it's a fight that it's a fight that you you know win the match. It's it's being sold right. as a competition. Right, like Rocky Five with Tommy Gunn. <laughs> There's nothing good about Rocky Five. Some of the Don King impersonator. Oh, uh, George Washington Duke. That's it. Yeah. Let's put some hustle behind that muscle. Well, he wasn't quite as as electric as Don King, but he did his best. If he did a completely accurate Don King impression, though, people would think it was over the top. <laughs> Nothing from that sky cam, just to change subject very quickly. Tom, you're, you're soft. Am I, did you go, Tom? Um, Nothing from that sky cam. There you go. It looks like a a WWF action figure set. Oh, kind of, kind of, yeah. It did a little bit, didn't it? I think so, but that's because I owned this playset, and I didn't realize that the first ring that WWF made for kids, they had to recall it years later because for the turnbuckles or turn the poles, bit, I guess, mm. were made of such rigid hard material that because a bunch of kids fell on theirs and it basically went into them, according to reports, they said it was right, uh, they had to like replace them and change them. So by that point, I believe it was LJN that put out that ring. The next people who had it, who I guess was Jax, they had to just make it and go, oh, let's make it with something a bit softer, as opposed to like the, the hardest substance on earth for these terminal things, that if you landed on it, you were going to die. Like, mm-hmm. like CCW wouldn't use these for Necro Butcher matches. <laughs> And this crowd has been electric, not because of our insightful commentary, of course, but God, they're into it. I thought you were going to say, like, even equally hilarious, like, they they found out the turnbuckles were full of broken bits of glass. (laughs) And and Jack specific were like, we are at a loss as to why this has happened. I went doing the Mabel oh, spinning heel. She's gonna say shades of Mabel. It's a little bit more height than Mabel does. He got all of it. <laughs> he got all of it. Mabel, Mabel, some easy with the lace. That's all he needs. <laughs> this has been a hell of a long match. Like they've given him time. Yeah, funny you should say that. Apparently, this match went way over long even with the 20 minutes of setup, the cage and Brucey bonus. And so that's why we got a uh, truncated main event. And that is why Brett and I should have been given wrestler of the year jointly for that reason alone. Yeah. <laughs> this was only a four-star match. And they got told that they cut out Undertaker versus Undertaker. It's like, yeah, you know what? <laughs> Give it another two. <laughs> <laughs> well, United Centers is not the Tokyo Dome. Wait, no. No, no, it's not the Tokyo Dome. But um, I gotta say, even though the match was good, I, 
I don't, uh, you know, it's 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 five stars. Good. <laughs> Come on, Dave. <laughs> but Dave, I'll picture, picture that meme. I said before, and I'll say <laughs> that meme of the guy releasing a butterfly with Dave Meltzer going, "Is five stars good?" <laughs> Is this five stars? What, well, the butterfly just says Tokyo Dome. <laughs> Is this five stars? I said before, stars? I'll say it again. <laughs> if, if Dave Meltzer were like, if Dave Meltzer were on the witness stand for a murder trial, the prosecutor would kill himself. Like two answers out of him. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll prefer the other line, Lord, about someone else. He goes, oh, Dave, damn it, Dave. If Lady Godiva came going through the arena, you'd be talking about the horse. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, you don't make any sense. Just write it down. Oh, God, that's even worse. <laughs> oh, boy. What's the wrestling feud of the year? Ken Shamrock versus Tito Ortiz. What? <laughs> I mean, it might be. It might not be. <laughs> well, it was built very well. Um, I, I don't think Ortiz sold as much as he should have. <laughs> Uh, but it was Dave. Dave, your opinions are horrible. <laughs> well, well, yeah, my horrible. opinions are horrible. Let's, let's see. Dave, will, Dave will answer by saying the same thing you said. That that's the other thing. Like, he's like, yeah, yeah, my opinions are horrible. But um, but um, yeah, Shamrock didn't give him enough offense to really justify the build. It was still a good build, but um. Uh, the, <laughs> just um, turned into too high impression. <laughs> <laughs> what old tiger? Um, <laughs> I uh, I'll stretch you here, um, in my office in San Francisco. Nah, nah see, basically, Meltzer Meltzer's a more kind-hearted Lombard from uh, Office Space. Yeah. So the cage was blue. And I'll yeah, say yeah, it before and I'll blue. say it again. It was a blue cage. Yeah, yeah, the cage was blue. Um, Owen took on his brother, Brett, his brother, <laughs> Brian Duplicate Alvarez. If it's worth staying once, it's worth staying multiple times. A yeah, suplex yeah, off the top of the ring. Yeah, yes, it, it was a superplex. Um, um, yeah, and, and and they're showing Teddy's mother in the crowd. His mother. <laughs> His don't, mother. Don't have a point. Just enunciate. Yeah, yeah. You should enunciate when you don't have a point. Um, mother. <laughs> now you turn to the Bruce doing savage. Bruce Prince is not hard. Say everything twice. Say everything twice. Yeah, you got to say it twice for for emphasis. Um, <laughs> uh, I'd to point out that we yeah. love Brian Alvarez and Dave Meltzer. This is all. Yeah, Let Tom. Tom, where's your video impression? Good <laughs> you, Mike Sempervivi. This match sucks. Which Mike just sounds a bit like Brian these days. Yeah, I completely agree. They are in a blue cage, and he's fighting his brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His yeah, own brother. 
I got what? ID'd at my own wedding. <laughs> I don't know why you would get ID'd well, yeah, at sure. your own wedding. Well, it's gonna be, it's wedding. Be sure, and look like a twelve-year-old boy. Um, um, this is up there with the time I mean, during the anniversary watch along, where for half an hour, me and Maff just decided to be old-time wrestling commentators. Oh. I crying with laughter. I don't dare re-listen really to it, but that was the most most response we ever got with something was that. It's like you do that every time. Because it started off, it was like we talk about how Lou Tez was touched by Steve Austin used the Tez press. And so it just emanated from there, like what would what would it be like if Tez was uh, in the attitude era? It's like Ed Ed Strangle. Oh no, not Ed Strangle. Yeah, fuck whatever. Farmer John, you t- you sit there and you thump your tractor. <laughs> Well, you don't actually thump tractors. You know, you you ride them for mm-hmm. for the purpose of um for for um you, you know for farming. So then we had the ladies' match, um, and I couldn't believe it. She showed her ankle. <laughs> well, they were very conservative in the year of our Lord, eighteen sixty-two. They were children this watching the wrestling, and she showed her ankle on the radio. <laughs> well, Red Hart was blown up like the Hindenburg. Well, I mean, well, there is precedent. Um, yes, there is a precedent. Eisenhower. <laughs> well, see what you did there was you um, you did sort of a hom and homophone thing where you used two words that um. Homonyms are still illegal in the year eighteen sixty two, Dave. Eighteen diggity-two. SummerSlam, eighteen diggity-two, brought to you by penicillin. <laughs> it won't catch yeah, yeah, up. Was... <laughs> yeah, yeah, penicillin was the sponsor. Um, <laughs> you gotta have uh... meat, you gotta have spice, snap into a penicillin. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, well, no, I don't think penicillins um, have actual meat in there. Right, lads, I'm calling time um, on this because I'm very aware that uh, we, we have gone on for 20 plus minutes uh, essentially ragging on major influences in the wrestling journalism industry. <laughs> call me old fashioned. Call me old fashioned. You have a valid point, I'd like point, to keep Tom, them on side. I have a valid point, Tom, but I'd also like to point out it's fun. I know that's the problem. Yeah, it is. They're not listening to this. <laughs> In eighteen sixty-two, they didn't have Twitter. I, I, I listen to everything. Um... Oh God, God, Justin! Actually, you know what? We did have a laugh. Um... Oh, oh, wait for Yay! it! Wait for it! Oh. I, li- I liked how strong the stamp was, like the Dennis, mm. as it was. As they hit the ground. The Terrence, as it was. Or Terrence, as it were. Oh, here comes... Oh, here's Jim. Jim in his, his normal trousers. Jim in Oh, he just... Jesus! Whoa. Jesus! I forgot about... Diana goes... To, and Keanu just steps over her. Hey, only Davy Boy can hit her like that. <laughs> we all read the book. According to Brett's book, um... They went the business for themselves there, and they weren't supposed to do that with Diana, and they said everyone, everyone was pissed at him afterwards. Good. If she wasn't meant to take the bump, why would they even live it? That was a hell of a bump, though. You it gotta was amazing. She, she hit it, the... it was a hell of a bump, because it was legit. It's like, it's like, oh, that guy just fell over. 
<laughs> Where's Bruce? The, the, come on, it's all broken down. Where's Bruce? Why does Nightmare always carry a chain with him? See, Jim's locking the cage door, not to keep, not to, okay, not to stop Brett getting out, ah. but to stop Bruce getting in. <laughs> and I bet he's stop there. I bet he, there he is. There's dickhead. There he is. <laughs> Trying to get the door open. <laughs> There's dickhead. Locking the door so, so when Vince finds all those smashed windows backstage, he can't do anything about it. <laughs> I live here now. This is my life now. <laughs> Shirt is in the middle of a ring. <laughs> I put squatters right. They've <laughs> <laughs> annexed the ring. See, weirdly, this is that the sovereign nation of Bruce. So, who's Keith? that? Keith. Got Keith. Get Keith in there. Oh, it's Keith. Oh God. <laughs> that's Ross. That's, that's Smith over there. Smith over there. Hey, Smith oh, here he comes. Oh, Bruce. Oh, and which one's this? Let me think. Oh, knocked out. <laughs> the Krusty Land Hammer Slammer from Bart vs. the Juggernauts. <laughs> gotta keep him, keep him oh, up. Wow. Bruce is done. Bruce hangs on! This is a good on <laughs> vote. for a hero to the end of the night. Bruce. I'll say, though, no, seriously, before we start ragging on um, the cage section from Super Mario World, that uh, this, is, this is a cool... This is a cool it angle. Is, it? it actually is, yeah. Look, see, they just invade the cage and they're beating up the entire it's family. Great. It's great. That's some Smoky Mountain Memphis story that Cornet would talk about. But these would be all fans if it happened there. No, I do like this. I do like this. This is good. It's cool. This is great. Look, uh, do you know what? Dave is the only one I truly want to see get in there in Amarum. Like, look at the size of him! Christ! He's like a pepper army! <laughs> no nope, steroids on him. Yes, was Vince not guilty? Yes, sure, comes off. <laughs> I don't care about a trial. Look at my delts. <laughs> Vince is going to be acquitted whether he wants to be or not. <laughs> the only thing sick, <laughs> the only thing sick about the World Wrestling Federation is my swans. <laughs> <laughs> I, know a, I know a lot about trials. Vince is going to be acquitted because he's bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> the skin colour I've got from living in Manchester is bizarre. <laughs> the most tanned man in this entire room and he's he's from near Bolton. <laughs> is my tan is my tan a useless tag team as getting a push? Because it's well done. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is nine heart nearly in the peak of his career as well. Davy Boy out. Smith didn't realise the number meant minutes as opposed to toastiness. <laughs> <laughs> It's a simple mistake we all make. Look at him. He looks massive in there. Like, he looks ridiculous. He looks like if Eddie Vedder were a Coca Puff. <laughs> he just looks like. <laughs> Who is it you said? Who is it said he, he looks like? Eddie Vedder. Vedder? <laughs> Eddie Vedder from It's Pearl Eddie Jam. Vedder in it. It's like, it's like somebody inflated Eddie Vedder. <laughs> No, here David Boy sing, sing yellow lead better. Clearly, I remember taking all the drugs. It looks like the model that Howard Stern used for the private parts poster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I look like. Sure. Oh, get him, Todd. Here comes Todd. Ignore him. <laughs> On a brand new episode of Todd's. Todd's coming, don't acknowledge him in any way. <laughs> so no one Todd, bad Todd, bad Todd. Be this Todd. 
the Lord Michael Strick from SNL or from The Simpsons. Here comes the Lord Pretend you don't see him. I kicked your leg I from out of your leg. I went emphasizing hell. There's like Chuck Taylor wanting to say a certain word today. When he gets to say it, it's going to be with extra emphasis. <laughs> wasn't the whole was emphasis? Wasn't Owen's you mean emphasis? <laughs> <laughs> wasn't Owen's style of promo just like he'd have three bullet points and he'd just repeat them over and over again? Basically. Oh, oh Christ Almighty! He looks like he's about to burst. <laughs> so was nine, Todd. That just looks like he's about to pop. <laughs> over, overflated. Oh, that beast of, a, of a segment took hey, an look, hour. Top left, top left, Vlad. <laughs> if the show ended hey, here, hey, hey, Vladimir the super fun. Good to yeah. see you, pal. Vlad rules. If the show ended here, that's one of the best summer times ever. I think. Yeah, if this was the last angle, it's pretty solid. Don't worry. Yeah, we have more to come. I've already forgotten about most of it, though. If it was a title match, it was good or great. Oh, no, that, that match, sorry, I meant the whole pay-per-view. Full-body contest. That match, though, appreciating it, appreciating it, though, for how good it was, mm-hmm. uh, that's probably the most I've enjoyed it every time I've had a rewatch because I think I've missed the point. And now I'm one of those people who, I'm, I'm a Cornet type who goes, well, what's the point in these cage matches being a cage match if they're going to do not in cage match? So that was as good as a cage match gets with escape mm-hmm. rules. I think oh, the only sure. one I could think of compares to it's uh, Sorrentino just beating up Zabisco and leaving of his own accord, but that was a, mm. obviously a different style of match. So what do you think, Justin? Uh, I mean, I enjoyed it for what it was. I mean, they made they made the most of the escape rules, which is what you know, the smart thing to do. Obviously, we're going to have Brett and Owen bleeding in front of their family out here, especially with the violent, you know, anti-violence uh, rules they had at the time. That was as great as it was going to be, and it was pretty damn great. Agreed. I loved it. Really good. Oh, bloody hell, I remember this. Tenru. That's right. Tenru getting the push. And what was the story behind this? Did we say this at the time, that they, Tenru was there, and also the great Kabuki, because they'd seen pictures of great Kabuki, and the promo photos, you had the big head, not head, just headgear, whatever, and the face paint and everything, and they go, wow, this guy looks huge and amazing and impressive, and obviously he comes out, and he's at least in his late 40s by this point, it's just a small old man. And, yeah. Uh, wasn't seen again after this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Meltzer worked just about the cage match, by the way. By the way, he gave it five stars. Obviously, we, we, I think we all knew that going in. He says, this probably won't win match of the year, but it, but it beat the WrestleMania match. I don't quite know about that. And I believe it'll be years before we see a cage match under under these, these limiting circumstances that is this good. I agree with that part. Yeah, I agree with that too. I think this was this was a solid cage match, the likes of which we may not see again. Yeah, yeah was there any cage matches match. as good as that after that? Well, the, the, do Hell in a Cell matches count? Nah. Okay, I was going to say that I'll say Sean and Taker beats it. Yeah. Um, but, Mankind um, Triple H was good. It's '97. All right. Well, '96. Okay, yeah, that's a good it? one. Oh, the three-way. Oh, the three-way Shamrock. Rock, Shamrock, Rock, Mankind. And Mankind. Rock yeah. doing, the, the, doing the double elbow. Like, that's how you knew this is the guy. Ah, absolutely. And also the crowd booing Shamrock. Oh. Hey, we're all from New York. Oh. Hey, guess what? The Undertaker. He was here in 
Manchester, UK, buying some bagels. <laughs> Everybody. We now go to Idaho. Hey, you're not going to believe this. Undertaker showed up to my funeral pilot. Let's go to Dublin, Ireland. He was hey, dead. You can't believe it. He came in here, bought some Guinness. Undertaker <laughs> was here, and now he's over there. <laughs> we go to the Ross Ice Shelf in Antarctica. Hey, I couldn't believe it. Undertaker was hanging out with the penguins. Uh, I can't remember if penguins supposed to be Arctic or Antarctic, but the point is, um, I'm I'm actually from Canarsie, and uh... I'm glad that they decided. You know what's worth stealing? The Where's Herb advert. Oh God! Have you seen Undertaker? Yeah, they're everywhere, mate. Believe funeral parlors are all the world. <laughs> Go up to a man with long hair who's seven foot odd and looks mean and ask him, are you the undertaker? Go on, kid. <laughs> when I was watching the uh, Snooker Dark Side of the Ring... What a sequel. Speaking of dead men. <laughs> we're, we're talking about the part where Snooker showed up to the, um, to the viewing of, of Nancy. One of his sisters said, like, and then the undertaker walked over to us and said that, and I'm thinking, like, because me being a wrestling fan, I'm thinking, Mark Calloway? Because I'm an idiot. <laughs> mm, mm. Not to make light of that situation, but uh, my first. Oh, of course not. Now, whenever we hear the word Undertaker, the words, as wrestling Undertaker. fans, we always go, "Oh, yes, Mark Calloway." Fun story about that. Uh, in Germany, I go over to the back store and have a lovely time with the fantastic thousand people. They said basically how they translated it for years. Undertaker to German for whatever reason. That doesn't have a translation, or if it does, then they didn't use the proper one. So instead of them being called Undertaker for years in Germany, his name translated as businessman. <laughs> so everyone was a joke, like, oh, here he comes, the businessman. <laughs> it's like, well, he looks ready for it. <laughs> you better have done that form, Jimmy, an accountant. <laughs> Mark Calloway and Scarlett Johansson then lost in translation. Uh. John, make that uh, poster, please. I like that, actually. I forgot about that little bit of the angles, because it is the the power of the money, Undertaker. Mm -hmm. The power of the money. <laughs> that's, that's a nice touch, actually. The money compels you. <laughs> money, money, money. Money. <clears throat> money, money, money. Why weren't they together as a team as death and taxes? Exactly. It was obvious. Stupid WWF for the stupid steroid trial. <laughs> and stupid Jerry Jarrett. And the stupid main event. Stupid Brian Lee. Stupid small buildings. <laughs> stupid Paul Barrow with no stupid neck. Stupid Chicago. <laughs> How's that work? It's like Stimpy. <laughs> stupid. 20-minute Dave Meltzer impression. <laughs> hey, now, that was class. Come on, now. <laughs> Stupid Jane Austen's Mafia. <laughs> That's still better than the main event, Mafia. <laughs> I don't know. That. It did give us this. Scott Steiner has a ring announcer for that one show. That's true, actually. On the way to the ring! He's fat! <laughs> <laughs> Billy from Dunkin' Donuts in the great state of obesity. 
Ted DiBiase, you cannot buy me. You need more money. What? Double turn. Both Undertakers have been bought. That'd have been great. And he's just got a tag team of two Undertakers. They really missed a trick on the W2K games where if you press right C on Undertaker, you get Undertaker. Yeah, very much so. <laughs> it's a different outfit. It's a completely different wrestler. I can't be bought. I'll pay to have that tattoo removed. Ah. <laughs> You've got a deal, buddy. <laughs> Oh, here we go. We're bookending this show with the star. <laughs> okay, I can't pay to have it removed, but we can modify it. Now it's a saran wrap. <laughs> That's right. The, the worst do-sex machina for WF Hills in 94, the corporation. I don't mind the idea of the million-dollar corporation, but it just became just a bargain bin of random wrestlers. It was like there was no... When Harvey Wibbleman can't be asked, you call the corporation. <laughs> Teddy Biasi was like the Statue of Liberty. Bring us your tired, your poor, bring us your huddled jobbers. <laughs> when people say the League of Nations was the worst stable in WWE history, you call the corporation. <laughs> Just a few with the union see who is worse. I mean, what makes this corporation versus union? It's a natural feud. Yeah, but sadly, we know how that one ends in England and uh, anyway. <laughs> ah, okay. Now I'm trying to hide the fact that it's Brian Lloyd. Here comes the Undertaker. It's the UK Undertaker. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the Undertaker! Stars in their eyes. <laughs> Tonight, Matthew, I will be the Undertaker. <laughs> Well, you look nothing like him, so let's see what you know. Can't do Matthew Kelly, I'm sorry. You're doing Bob Mortimer doing Matthew Kelly. That's exactly what I'm doing. George Michael. George Michael. You look like him. That's exactly what I was doing. You look like him. And then he comes out with a mask on. You don't know what he sounds like. I love that bit. Tonight, Matthew, we will be... We're going to be Simon and Garfunkel. Uncle. Simon and Garfunkel. Well, and what do you do? Oh, I'm Derek, and I'm a murderer. Oh, well, I hope you don't murder this song. <laughs> was his name Bill Tucker? My name is Bill Tucker, Sublime. I'm a murderer. And they go, please note that you have to vote for number two because Acts 1 and 3 were murdered by <laughs> We'll send you a link. We'll send oh. you a link to this, mate. <laughs> yeah, so it's okay to for Brett versus Owen, but I think we should be serious for this match. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this requires all the gravitas we could possibly muster. Did I check, Math, did I show you the picture that, my, that I took of my little brother with Bob Mortimer the other month? No. Oh, we went to see Vic and Bob in... Uh, Oh, they get yeah. and Mike got a picture with Bob afterwards, which was good fun. Oh, it was great, great show. I just, I did a lot of laughing. Do you think they should have merged the storylines together and had Tatanka come out as Undertaker? That would have been amazing. <laughs> From Death Valley, doing the war dance in, in the French coat. The real Undertaker. The Untertanker. Um, <laughs> Unt- <laughs> I, 
<laughs> I would have more respect for this match if they um if they just had Mark Calloway come out and fight himself like 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 Jim Carrey and Liar oh. Liar. I'm kicking my ass. Do you mind? <laughs> it's a Monty oh, Python. That would have Monty good. Python sketch featuring Colin yes. Bomber Harris. So yes. it would be that basically. <laughs> Stunning, stunning Boston performance crawfish. there. No, a great Bob Bear leading the local indie guys to the ring. <laughs> what if this turns out to be a fake as yeah. well? Brian Lee trying to make it as entertaining, but he couldn't stop coughing. Hey. Uh, uh, is this Matt and Jeff Hardy? Uh, I bet it is. Um. If there is, then the third guy is going to be Manny Fernandez waiting for this cut of the check. Give me an Italian stallion. Right. I'm not going to. Oh, yes. I'm not going to tell you this now. I'm going to tell you at the end of the match. It's what we call in the radio industry a hook and a tease. Justin, you may already know this. Matthew, you may already know this. But for those listening at home who don't, I'm going to tell you what the suggested ending to this match was going to be. An ending that was absolutely vetoed. I remember the past time I was it years ago, so I, I hope it's the same one I'm uh, thinking of. We'll tell you at the end. Because mine's a doozy. Oh, we'll tell you, it might be the same. If it's not, we'll tell you at the end and we'll... Uh, oh, oh, this is good. Um, assuming you're going by the uh, fact that I wrote three years ago, I'm assuming this is the one that Bruce talked about. <laughs> oh, that, that one. How would we feel? Which one? Bruce Pritchard or Hart? <laughs> Spruce, all right, all right, I'll be the third undertaker. Oh, there you go. Bear is happy. The pies are done. <laughs> How would we feel if they opened the casket and Marty Jannetty got out? Just like staggered out. Well, what happened? Oh, it was a Wednesday. <laughs> and the main event is... They play a replay of the reverse bit of the rumble. It just comes down and goes... <laughs> slide whistle. <laughs> What are you doing here at SummerSlam? <laughs> Marty, what are you doing at SummerSlam? Oh, don't oh, sell this. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. I was like, what do you mean? The Undertaker's in there? Like, oh, well. He plays a flute, Taker comes out. Paul Bear has to start singing like Mothra. <laughs> what if this is just the match and it's just Paul Bearer shining that light around? <laughs> it's, it's Rock's Hollywood entrance from 2003. I brought the wrong I brought the wrong <laughs> casket out. Here comes Bundy. <laughs> oh no. Wrong urn. No, 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 no. It's pumping his fist in the air. Come on. Scream for me, Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> the ultimate warrior. Here comes <laughs> Billy Jack Haynes. <laughs> <laughs> Here comes Leslie Nielsen. Oh, God. <laughs> it's Leslie Nielsen's career inside that. The, uh... Oh, God. Oh. I believe this is the debut of the uh, super cool Undertaker Symphony song. Oh, is it? 
Oh, well, slightly updated one, right. Still a great song, though. One of the all-time best. I can say, I know it fits his character and everything, but the both versions of the 98-99 Ministry theme are best from Volume 4 and Volume 5 of WWF. Are the ones that sound like the uh, song from ER, but but more graveyardy. <laughs> I, I, I have a question. I want, I want your opinion on this. Uh, who do you think from Who do you think from the roster at the time was the first person to use the urn as a flashlight? <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, I'm gonna say, um, who is it that had the rep? For the massive wanger. Um, Flair wasn't there. Wasn't it Flair at the, the rep for the massive. He's got it. Scorpio. Scorpio, innit? It's too cold, Scorpio. <laughs> hey, it wasn't too cold when he was around, let me tell you. <laughs> Apparently, Bayer said that he thought it was a rib, and probably was half a rib at least, to give him that urn because it was very heavy with the giant light inside it, and obviously he had to lift it up. And he's like, he's already knackered. It's like a shake weight. I feel like this this feels that this needs to be a meme, which is that like, can we have the Undertaker? You've got the Undertaker at home, Undertaker at home. Yeah. <laughs> I use this for the. The Megadeth fans out there, it's hi me, meet the real me. <laughs> this is the I, I considered for the album art just having that picture of the two Spider Men. <laughs> uh, Worst double met commercial ever. <laughs> I love Duck Name Soup. brand versus bargain value. <laughs> Here we go. True value. <laughs> The Dead Man Who Sold the World from Milgus Solid 5. Is... Oh, wait, no, it's a spoiler. I'll move away from that. This is anyway, a la, 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 la. versus the little Titan Bar. Hey, hey, I won't be This is the Twix really versus the Aldi Jive Bar. <laughs> it's the Snickers versus the Asda Taxi. <laughs> it's, it's one night stand versus hardcore justice. <laughs> oh. Joe Frazier versus Marvis Frazier. <laughs> Joe Frazier versus Frazier Crane. <laughs> Mike, Mike Tyson versus Cecily Tyson. <laughs> <laughs> Lennox Lewis versus Emmanuel Lewis. I'm, Dennis I'm Stump versus Terrence Stump. <laughs> yes! <laughs> it's like looking into a mirror. Kiss. <laughs> it's, it's, it's an old meme, but my own clone. Now neither of us will diverge. In... <laughs> um... <laughs> oh, it's funny because Brian Lee is shorter. <laughs> now, kid. <laughs> oh, there's a report here that says. Sorry to start from the uh, action. That says Brian Lee showed up the next week to see like, all right, what's next? <laughs> no, like we'll we'll call you. <laughs> I've still got the gear. Yeah. The report was as soon as Vince was back. As soon as Vince was back and sees control of his own company, like you know how Jimmy Hoffa got the union back. Uh, he was already saying, all right, okay, as soon as this is done, 
We're never to do it again. We're never to mention it again. You can't have my butterflies. <laughs> it, it shows you the amount of time they actually give this match because there's about 10 minutes of runtime left at SummerSlam 94. And this thing's barely started. <laughs> to be fair, it didn't need to go okay, long. Well, the... This didn't need the, the, the elongated treatment at it... all. The spectacle has happened, and happen. now we move on. Should end with one broom kick. Oh yeah, I'd argue it should have just been a tombstone, immediate tombstone. <laughs> Who complains? No one complains. <laughs> I mean, fair play to Brian Lee. Did a did a masterful job aping the Undertaker until the Undertaker stood next to him. What? Yeah. Okay, slow down. Masterful. I thought he looked good as the Undertaker. I thought, like, in terms of like the mannerisms and stuff, I was I was invested. But now yeah. he stood next to him. He looks tiny, and it looks weird now. Yeah. Well, I thought you were going to say, Tom, he did a masterful job of bombing in WCW with one match and then WWF with <laughs> one match because he had the famous since the, the Clash of Champions with him and uh, I believe it was Tom Zink. Don't quote me on that. I think so. Well, goes the crossbody. And outside you to commit miscommunication, jumps off and no water in the pool. And finally, he's just left to stare at this guy. Never brought back. And then shows up here, has a match, isn't brought back again until, you know, three years later. But who cares about that? <laughs> so well done. Brian Lee, very consistent. <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, the whole masterful job thing. I mean, he, he, as long as his hair was over his face, then maybe he looked like Undertaker because he's wearing a costume. Maybe. You but did you not think like... the mannerisms yeah. were good? If you forgot what Undertaker looked like. I think same with the burlap sack over my face, I could be Tito Santana. I'd like to see that. <laughs> this doesn't work that I'd way. I'd like to see that. Yeah, now you get it, Justin. Oh, I have a burlap Excellent. sack. Excellent. Get it on and get Al Matador in. There you go. It's like he's here. See? Yeah, there we Ben's go. Off with Tito Santana coming right. soon. I pick Rocket Hogan. <laughs> Ariba. I'm good. I'm just saying Reba a lot. Reba all the time. It's the same thing. Yeah. Here is school. Yeah. And I have my sister, a Reba Mac. <laughs> my favorite heat. Reba McIntyre. Reba McIntyre. Boy, this crowd is just in all of the. Unfortunately, the, the spectacle ended when they stood next to each other. And now it's just like, okay, that's that's all now. No more. Whoa, God! <laughs> Good God! Oh. Shane's man! That was... Oh, Shane's at the, uh, the other Santana relative, uh, Ariba Franklin. <laughs> <laughs> B-U-R-R-I-T-O. That is what I've had, you know. B-U-R-R-E-T-O. <laughs> A-R-R-I-B-B-A. <laughs> what you want, baby Reba? What you need, John? Who you need over? I'll lose to them. John, do with that what you will, mate. Something you need to know. I'm going to win with a papoose to go. <laughs> That's hey, oh, yeah, hey. I've got that wrong, haven't I? Crap. <laughs> Hey, Santana wants to be Undertaker in uh, in Spain. That's right. Did you know I that, didn't know that, no. 1991, Santana beat The Undertaker when Taker was still a heel. 
It was his second three... televised win uh, loss after the Hogan Bloody match. Hell. No, it was before actually. Oh, there goes. Was oh, was, uh, oh, okay. Shut my mouth. That's okay because they're trying to get Santana over in uh in Europe, particularly in a Spanish-speaking country. You're trying to you trying to build new build stars over there and jumpstart business in, in a new market. And it was it was a televised match. Santana beat Undertaker with three pile drivers and hitting him with the urn. Oh, I may. That's a big push for Santana. Did it, did it help business at all? No. No. <laughs> Because people aren't fooled <laughs> bringing their, the bring their talent over on a local was... show. Was that was that Matthew? So is, that, is Bruce in the the ringside area? Bruce Hart. A quick look at him. Yeah, I swear he was just chilling. He's not actually on the other side of the, the guardrail. Coming for the run-in. <laughs> He's going to lobby to take her afterwards. Hey, let's do a feud. We'll face off the Survivor Series. I'll go to Vince. I'll, I'll say you're willing to put me over. <laughs> Yeah, we'll do it in Canada. It's a boost business. <laughs> I'll hit you with three pile drivers and you earn. Kingstone, you tap out. <laughs> yeah. You'll earn your spot against me, Bruce Hart. <laughs> Maybe Bruce is one of the druids. See, I could do that. I could pull a casket. <laughs> Bruce would Bruce would have the, the hood on. He gets to the bottom of the ramp, whip the hood off, and then fight the other druid. It was a plan by me all along. <laughs> no, Bruce, mate, it wasn't. Oh, fine, just go off. <laughs> Choker. What's crazy? The idea that this was supposed to go much longer, or the leaked uh, original timing for WrestleMania 10 that had Yoko going 40 minutes combined. And go like 25 for Luger, I believe. Oh, that was it. God almighty. That's a sick joke. <laughs> it's the best rib ever. I, I think Fuji was behind it. <laughs> oh, was it a rib on Yoko to make him work that long? Probably. Yeah. Why is his collar up? I don't like that. <laughs> Can you imagine if Fuji had his own punk show? Oh, God. <laughs> they couldn't air it on TV. There's no way. <laughs> Surprise! You just ate your dog. Ah. <laughs> You've been punked. <laughs> he, yeah, but he, he didn't insist on calling it Pearl Harbor. <laughs> the, the apostrophe thing at the end. Yes, that's what makes it. <laughs> Surprise! Oish. Pearl Harbor. Jumping tombstone. That's when you know it's serious. He's gonna make me even shorter. <laughs> no, he's t he's just as tall now because he's got one of those Tom and Jerry comedy bumps sticking on his head. <laughs> and his I say no, and his 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 I say no sell. I was doing that for no sale. Two tombs. Oh, no sale. It's a no sell. Oh, that's the same thing. <laughs> that's it. His his eyes spin round like a like a one man band dude. Oh my god, three tombstones? Are you kidding me? Yes, Marvin Martian. <laughs> Where's the kaboom? It was meant to be an almighty kaboom, period. <laughs> <laughs> See, I was going to go with a look at the attendance for Brett versus Owen at NASA. I was like, where's the crowd? <laughs> it's supposed to be an almighty crowd. That'll do. That'll do. That'll do. Hey. <laughs> 
The crowd excited that they can leave. Because he liked all the exes he couldn't get out there in his match. <laughs> the crowd go mild. The crowd go towards the exit. As they realize they can... They weren't worried traffic. about a fire because... <laughs> Even Macho yeah. versus Miss Elizabeth at SummerSlam 91 was a better main event Macho than that. We had Liz sold. And of course, he actually ran into one of his roads and fell down. I would have added one star to the match. Yeah, here we go on the five characters from Phantasm show up. Uh, I reckon a strongly worded email. Melzer gave this one star. Math. Oh, I think he's going to go minus numbers. Negative Oon. Oh, yay! I'd have given it one for spectacle. Um, well, the nice. I give it four stars for the entrances and negative five for the match. So yeah, that works out nicely. <laughs> There's only one. No, there was. There was two a minute ago, dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Bear was a lady over here. And were those original? So apparently, a prelude to what Tom's about to say, the Undertaker vs. Undertaker match was cut down from 15 minutes to 8 minutes. Uh, so that means that they changed the finish. What was that finish, Tom? Um, now, I believe this comes from, maybe might come from Justin Henry's notes uh, that he wrote on in a previous article. <laughs> yeah, we'll blame him. So um, as the story goes, the ending of this match was going to feature a lot of lights, a lot of spectacle fireworks everywhere and it was going to feature the undertakers merging together fusion ha when the lights came back on after they merged there was just going to be one undertaker standing in the ring as if mark calloway's undertaker had absorbed brian lee's undertaker i have the urge to kill tommy dreamer for some reason <laughs> Well done, Leslie Nielsen. You cracked the case. Here is your big bag of money. That's right, kids. Poochie's dead. <laughs> As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. 
Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash boast. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. <laughs> the Undertaker. What's that? You mean it's it's the house show numbers because we're booking Bruiser Mastino to beat Nikolai Volkov every night? Bruiser Mastino. Yes, that's right. Man's far. Yeah. King Kong Bundy's coming back. Oof. I'm, I'm Hello, is that the producers for Naked Gun 44 and a fourth? <laughs> I'll do it. <laughs> Case is closed. Thanks for coming, Leslie. Nicky Guns 5, Marine Harder. Oh, Leslie. So much slam. Not even yeah. anywhere near the worst thing you'd ever done. But yes, you're right, Tom. That was Summer Slam. So the ending that I described there, Justin, was that the one that you had in mind? Uh, yeah, that's, uh, I think Bruce discussed that in a, in a previous podcast. But that was an idea, and they realized, how, how's that going to work? And then, uh, and then just said, screw it, and just, just have Tigger destroy him, and we'll move Never on. Never speak of that's this a, that's again. That's what we're about. 94 is the year of moving on. It really, really is. Math, did you have a lovely time? I did. I'm very glad I got to do it with you two fine gentlemen. I love doing the watch-alongs. I hope the people listening to this enjoyed it as much as we did, having Fannyan on for three or so hours. So thank you very much. I will only watch some Sound 94 with you two around me in the future. <laughs> Justin Henry, did you have a lovely time? Of course I did. Watching this show with two friends and dicking around and enjoying the good stuff on the show, making fun of the bad stuff. Always oh, fun. Look at this. How lovely is this? Love you both. Right. On that bombshell, he is at Matthew Gregg on Twitter. He is at JRH Rising on Twitter. I am at Tom Campbell on Twitter. Together, we are at Cultaholic on Twitter. <laughs> Cultaholic.com. <laughs> Love you, bye. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from.